Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Why does everything have to be so complicated? If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? It's love, Scott. I wasn't trying to trick you. Ramona! I need to tell you something. Yeah, I have something I have to tell you, too. Great, listen, I know you play mysterious and aloof just to avoid getting hurt. And I know you have reasons for not wanting to talk about your past, and I want you to know I don't care about any of that stuff. Because I'm in lesbians with you. What? I really, really mean it. We are Sex Babam, and we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. Welcome to Dearly Debated, the podcast where you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong, as Ashley will remind me and Drake often. Mm-hmm. We are joined once again by <laughs> special guest Ashley Thomas. Greg died at the end of the last episode. I don't know if you heard that. Um, so we're working on resuscitating his body. We got a space rock that has radiation in it, and we're hoping that's going to solve everything. So hopefully next week he'll be back. Um, he might sound a little like this. But, but you know what? Uh, we can live with that. Also joining us back back again, moderator Jason. Uh, how's your house? My house is uh, doing better. You know, <laughs> with the leak was really bad that night, and it hasn't happened since. So, but we're getting it looked at. That's good. We did confirm that is because your house is haunted. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, I mean, <laughs> in worst case scenario with Greg, I think we get cloned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is it an evil clone? I don't know. How many mini chlorians do we have? <laughs> That's not how the force works. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, today we have a special, a very special, fun episode for you guys. But first, this week in history, maybe for the uh, week of June, no, July, July sixth, July sixth. Uh, in 1928, the first all-talking motion picture, Lights of New York, premieres. People were a little bit surprised when streetlights started talking, but an advance in technology is an advance in technology. Uh, they discontinued that. After they started, you know, harassing people who were just walking down the streets. That's why you don't see it today. Anyways, uh, but but the, you know, the first recorded, the, the, if you know that famous line from, I think it's Taxi Driver, that famous line was actually copied from one of the streetlights. They, they, they used to say, if you if you leaned up against it, the streetlight would just say, "Hey, I'm shining here," and uh, that got adapted. So that did actually end up carrying on into uh, common parlance. In 1933, MLB host, hosted the first All Star Game. Uh, people had mixed reactions because it did end up just being the the uh, New York Mets versus the cast of Smash Mouth. So uh, Shrek fans were delighted, but you know, mixed reactions. 
And then in 2006, and this is a true story, I mean, all of these were true to some extent. Uh, in 2006, the Coca-Cola formula was stolen by employees who tried to sell them to Pepsi, and then Pepsi contacted the FBI and busted the three employees. And uh, the Pepsi representative was quoted as saying, snitches get stitches. <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right, so. Took me a second to get the smash mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about uh, my first time, one of my best friends from high school lives out in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I drove out to go spend some time with her uh, with a couple of other friends, and uh, we got stuck in uh, traffic going uh, through St. Louis because they were hosting the MLB All-Star Game in, gosh, that was 2008 when we did that, 2009. All right, so for today, we're talking about the greatest movies of all time, the GOATs. Well, okay, our favorite movie, The Foats. The Foats. The favorite of all time. <laughs> uh, the Totes, yep. the top of all time. Yep. You know, however you want to phrase it. We're talking about our personal five favorite movies, and, and we did get Greg's. Uh, but we're not going to just uh, reveal them and just kind of run down a list. Instead, I have compiled the lists. I had everyone send me their list, and I included mine. And then I got clips from each one of the movies, and I'm going to play the clip, and then you two are going to, and you can buzz in at any time during the clip. Ooh. Except for if it's on your list. Okay. You buzz in, you tell me what the movie is, and for an extra point, whose list is it on? Ooh. So I'm going to, you know, play these in random order, and you can keep score at home and see if you do better than uh, either of our either of our guests here. So let's start with an easy one. A Quiet Place. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to leave and never come back. <laughs> I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. Means no. I feel like I should know what that is, but it's not coming forth from my brain. Jason, you want to tell us what that's from? That is from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, gosh. First of the Black Pearl. Indeed, and that was on Jason's list, so he wasn't allowed to to chime in on that one. Yeah, that's probably been like 15 years since I've watched that, at minimum. (laughs) All right, here's one. Here's another one. Oh, hey! It's my parents. Oh, there she is. Hi, sweetheart. Hey there, Jude the Dude. How was your first day on the force? It was real great. Yeah? Everything you ever hoped? Mmm, absolutely. And more. Everyone's so nice, and I feel like I'm really making a difference. Wait a second. Holy cramps, Bonnie. Look at that. Oh, my sweet heaven. Judy, are you a meter maid? Oh, this, no. Oh, no, no, this is a I know what it is. Yeah. All right, buzz in. Buzz. <laughs> Say it at the same time. Sure. Three, two, one. Zootopia. And I think that's on Nathaniel's list, is it not? It is. It is indeed. That was so, going to be my guess. As yeah. well. I'll, I'll, I'll give you both points for that. Yeah. Yes, that is Zootopia. Oh, we forgot to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. Can oh, we do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's so, fun to uh, yeah. Play okay, the clips, that, but, uh, okay. So let's rewind. rewind. Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black rewind. Pearl. Yeah. Well, the reason I put it on my list, and it's kind of the same for all these. Basically, when I was thinking about my favorite movies of all time, I wasn't going, you know, greatest cinematic masterpieces ever. It's the movies that I just go back and watch over and over and over again. And uh, I think for Pirates, the thing that really gets me is it's a uh, really fun story the main character is kind of a trickster they've tried to pull it off over and over again since then apparently they're getting ready to do it again with a new cast uh they haven't quite been able to do it yet (laughs) but uh it's just a overall just a really fun movie that i find myself going back to over and over again and uh the score is awesome i listen to the soundtrack a lot you get any either you guys have anything to say on it uh i thought it was a great movie uh one of my little sisters didn't like it and it was one of those things where they watched it and 
said, oh, I didn't really like that, and I was shocked. Like, how did you not like that? It was a, it was a good movie. Um, sequels, uh, kind of a roller coaster down downhill, mm-hmm. or I guess less of a roller coaster because there wasn't like a climb to the peak. It was just like going down a hill. <laughs> yeah. There were some good moments in like a couple of them, but overall it was a it was a steep steep downhill. Yeah. After after about the second one, you know, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How can but, you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. And I think it was they managed to do like a fantasy element into kind of like a more fun historical piece, you know, really well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for some reason, it's just one I end up watching all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we agreed, uh, Greg and I agreed that it kind of went downhill when they focused more on the supernatural element and less on right. the piratey element, which was like people watched it because pirates. Yeah. 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 They they made pirates great again. Well, that and they just over and over again were like, "How? What kind of undead pirate can we introduce in this next movie?" Yeah, it's like how many different kinds of undead pirates? Right. I wish I knew. Uh, Worst sounds for your soundboard. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But maybe, like, maybe you should pull some, use this uh, movie list and pull some clips from. from yeah, yeah. I, I need to. I have. I just haven't had time to sit down and. I mean, I've got like twenty sounds on here, but you know. Yeah. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> I never get tired of them. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Uh, anything to add on Pirates, Ashley? No. Um, great film. Um, I was really impressed that they could take something as absurd as a Disney World ride mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, turn it into a movie that was actually pretty fun. So, uh, I mean, I don't think the Haunted Mansion uh, was nearly as successful, but I haven't seen that either, so. We'll we'll see how they do with Jungle Cruise whenever that comes out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, and I think part of it is the romanticism about pirates. Right. Even though pirates were not great, (laughs) there is is something exciting and fantastical about, you know, roaming the, mm -hmm. you know, sailing the seas and and, uh, being, you know, basically an anarchist free spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of overlooking the raping and pillaging and murdering. <laughs> well, I, I do think one of the fun things about the first movie is it does explore. It's like Jack, who is the pirate, is not really, you know, he's a character that you follow. He's a protagonist, but he's mm-hmm. not really somebody to look up to. Mm-hmm. Well, and go ahead. The, yeah. uh, the other two lead characters, Will and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. they never really fully come around they're like okay there's some fun there's some good things here but overall we still need to live on the what what i was gonna say uh, about it was i thought it, it the that the dichotomy that's proposed within the film is very interesting is um you can be a uh, he's a pirate but he's a good man. Um, and, and part of the reason that you know jack sparrow becomes a pirate is because he uh he's freaking slaves like the the the, mm-hmm. the the cargo he was supposed to take uh, and he, um, were were slaves. Um, so I, I think that's super interesting that he he gets this renown as this infamous pirate, but it's because he uh, he the stolen cargo quote unquote was yeah. humans. And he's like humans ain't ain't cargo mate or whatever yeah. the whatever the line is. Yeah. I just thought, I think that, that's uh, really although brilliant. the later later installments diluted that a little bit. When it's like, oh, his dad's one of the pirate kings, so of course he's a pirate. Uh, well, that's disappointing. Yeah, I say I don't. Gosh, I know I've seen one and two. I can't remember if I saw three or not. Again, they progressively went downhill. Yeah. So, and I, I don't. And I think four ticked back up a little bit, but still, the relative yeah. to one still stepped out. I say I, I never yeah. saw the other ones. So. I would agree. And then every time Jack Sparrow meets someone, they're like Jack Sparrow. Well, of course I know him. He's me. <laughs> I do like that affectation and 
At first, I thought, you know, I can't, I can't decide whether Jack it's, Sparrow. I, I can't decide whether it's just Johnny Depp being Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. or whether it's, it's the same affectation that Gene Hackman took on in Willy Wonka, where he does the, the flip thing. He's like, no one knows whether I'm telling the truth or lying. Mm. Which did he really do that in Charlie of the Chocolate Factory when he was Willy Wonka in that? Right. Okay. So Zootopia, right. Yeah. I absolutely, obviously, it's on my top five right. movies mm-hmm. of all time. I can't get over how good it is. Like, it's a great so, film. so when I saw the trailers, and I think the trailers, there, most of the movies that I saw that were amazing, mm-hmm. I think the trailers let them down, and I'm, I, th- I think that's okay because that you see the trailer and you're like, okay, that, that that's a fine movie. And then you go and you watch it and you're like, what? It was so good because so I was just expecting, you know, another mm-hmm. decent Disney movie about anthropomorphic animals that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a cop. That's fun in the sloth scene, which is hysterical, but right. that was in the in the trailer, right? But I was just blown away with how good it was. Oh, it's a it's a brilliant film. It's, there's so many layers. It's like actually good social commentary that makes you stop and think. Right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so many good puns. And the chemistry between Judy and Nick is so good. Right. And that's one where a lot of times when I watch Disney movies, I'm like, and they they're like, oh, we're doing a sequel. I'm I'm just like, this doesn't need a sequel. I would I'm I would be okay if they did a Zootopia sequel and we got to see. Judy and Nick actually being cops, like yeah. detective right. partners. That'd be right. awesome. Yeah, it would be really So fun. I'm hoping that happens. I mean, if Frozen got a sequel, Zootopia mm-hmm. deserves a sequel. Oh, and yeah. just the the references to to Disney movies where they meet Alan Tudyk as Duke Wesselton. <laughs> Duke Weasel, it's Weaselton. <laughs> and if you look at all the movies that he has lined up on his t- on his right. table, it actually had Moana and Frozen <laughs> Two, but but like animal names. So right, it was right, right. um it was like Floatzel Two mm-hmm. and uh, Pig Hero Six. Mm-hmm. I uh, and the Godfather scene, which is just the oh my. God, I love that movie. So every single scene is just fantastic. That scene I played, I was literally clipping it and just laughing hysterically. <laughs> meter, mate, meter. And I also did the longer part where the people in the other apartment are yelling and like, she's trying her best. Don't worry, tomorrow will be... You'll, we still have tomorrow. Well, but it could be worse. Yeah. It's, I love that movie. It's so good. I think, I think it's the platonic ideal of a children's movie. Right. It's great for kids. And it's great for adults, and it works on a lot of different levels. So it is just, you can look at it as just a fun kids movie, but you can also look at it as a complex mm-hmm. adult movie as well. Mm-hmm. And so everyone can enjoy it, and it's got clever writing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rely on dumb humor, which I, I hate it when kids' movies rely on dumb humor. I'm like, you can, kids enjoyed Zootopia. You weren't leaning on Shrek, the poop jokes, and the fart right. jokes. And yes, kids love that, but you can make it more complex because the adults who have to take them have to see that movie too. So, ah, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah that's um, one I definitely need to watch again. It's yeah, been it's, it's been a while since I've seen that one as well. But um, fun fun uh, Zootopia-related story. Maybe, gosh, two two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. I went to uh, a con with some, some friends. And um, I, you know, if anybody talks to me for more than five seconds, you will know that I have this massive girl crush on Gwendolyn Christie because she's my hero. She plays my favorite character in all of fiction, which is Brienne of Tarth. But I always, I so I've, I because she's my favorite actress, I follow all her work. And so I really loved a show she was in called Top of the Lake China Girl a few years ago. And I uh, in that show, she plays a rookie cop. Well, so that weekend, I was like, all my costumes, uh, we're going to do, going to do uh, all, all Gwen costumes. So I, uh, the first uh, day we were there, I dressed as uh, Gwen's character from that show, Miranda Hill Marson. I had two different people 
in completely different scenarios ask me if I was Judy Hopps. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you know, for I, I know I've got a pretty big voice, but um, I am five foot three. Gwendolyn Christie is six foot three, and therefore, <laughs> you know, bunny rabbit or you know. Well, it didn't tall also Gwen. help that you were wearing the ears. I, I, you know, I wasn't wearing the ears, which was the thing I could not understand. And, and her character is a smoker, so I had like a pack of cigarettes in my vest pocket. I was carrying around a cigarette all day. Uh, well, you were I you think were the jaded version of Judy Hopps. Oh, yeah, I was, I was the jaded version of Judy Hopps. So, so basically, what I decided to do is like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just gonna get some bunny ears, and next con we'll just you know we'll recycle this costume. I can it. be Miranda Hill Marson one day, and then and then like put some bunny ears and like tie like a fluffy cotton tail on my butt, and I can be Judy Hopps. I mean, two <laughs> costumes for the price of one. Hey, I, you know what? I kind of spent a lot of money <laughs> putting that one together you know, too. I think because, and I think I think Ryan could pull off a. Nick the Fox. Mm. Oh, he could. That would be really fun. Okay, now we have to do that. Ryan, Ryan <laughs> the, does not like to wear costumes as much as I do. <laughs> another thing Zootopia did amazingly well was the facial expressions they animated. Oh, yeah. They made, they made everyone so expressive. The, uh, when Judy basically locks Nick down with the whole tax thing, mm-hmm. Nick's face <laughs> of just shock and horror is... Uh, I love that movie. I could go on for hours uh, yeah. about that. So great, let's great move film. on to the next clip. It's two to two. Okay. And what do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on. Give me this one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that, that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? I don't want to die without any scars. So come on. Hit me before I lose my nerve. Oh, God. I'm assuming Buzz. Fight Club. Buzz. Buzz. Go crazy. Oh. Go ahead, Jason. I, I was going to say, I'm assuming Fight Club. Yes, yeah, it is Fight yeah. Club. Well... I will say that there's a bit of a cheat here because we were over at Greg's house just the other day and he was hanging up a Fight Club poster. <laughs> right, right. So um, right. my guess would be Greg as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I have never seen Fight Club. So. Same, sadly. Wow. I have seen the movie and read the book. Oh, okay. That's right. I will say the, uh, the, the movie does a very good job following the book. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Chuck Palahniuk. He's a very good writer, mm-hmm. but his books are all really depressing yeah. and dark. So I'm, I, But Fight Club is a really good book. And what's really interesting is the movie's ending is completely 180 from the book. Huh. The, mm-hmm. the, the movie follows the book almost verbatim right up until the end. And do you guys mind me spoiling a very old movie slash book? Mm, I mean, I think I kind of already know the, the ending, but um, yeah. I will defer to uh, Jason on that one. I'm fine with that. Okay. Well, okay, so the big twist is that, so Ed, uh, what's his name? Ed Norton's character and mm-hmm. Brad Pitt's character, whose names I can't remember, even though I've watched the movie and read the book. <laughs> Brad Pitt's character in that scene, you know, they, they get in a fight, right. and they basically start this fight club. And the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club and all that right. stuff that's, mm-hmm. that's flown into pop culture. But it turns out at the end of the movie, you find out that it's just dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. That Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, Norton are the same person. Right. And that Brad Pitt is like essentially his, his evil side that he's been repressing. In the book, what happens is uh, the girl that, that Ed Norton is in love with Brad Pitt's like, we got to get rid of her because she's holding us back. Mm-hmm. And Ed Norton, and I could be misremembering exactly the motivations, but Ed Norton basically shoots himself in the face mm-hmm. to try to, to take them both out and ends up surviving and and Brad Pitt goes away. And in the book, I was in the movie, they then blow up a bunch of banks and basically erase everyone's financial debt mm-hmm. and it's kind of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. In the book, it cuts to Ed Norton's character in the hospital and He's like, Brad Pitt's gone, but then everyone who comes and visits him is like, we're waiting for you to come back. Like, the whole cult that he, that Brad Pitt had built up is just like, 
he keeps hearing whispers mm -hmm. of, we're waiting for you to come back, we're waiting for you to come back. So it's an ambiguous ending of, did he actually get rid of Brad Pitt? Mm -hmm. And the movie was just like, no happy ending. So it was a really wow. interesting yeah. difference just to, there. Just to see the... Just the ending. Yeah. Everything else was almost like completely identical. That's interesting. Wow. And I apologize for not being able to remember the names, except for the names of the actors. Uh, you know, this is the point in the podcast where those who are listening are yelling at us. Because yeah, I do hey, that. hey, if you, want, <laughs> if you need to correct us, because I'm not going to look this up. If you want to mm -hmm. correct us, send us an email, dearlydebated at gmail.com, or tweet me at dearlydebated. So, yeah, come at me, bro and or uh, Brosephine. Um, let's go to the next one. All right. This is Katsumoto's sword. He would have wanted you to have it. Let the strength of the samurai be with you always. He hoped with his last breath that you would remember the ancestors who held this sword and what they died for. Buzz. I... I'm just going to take a guess because I haven't seen this movie, but I think it's The Last Samurai. You are correct. And I think that's yours, isn't it? It is not. Oh, no, it's Greg's then. It is yeah. Greg's. Yeah. It is The Last Samurai. I, I remember one of you said that no, you really was, liked it. Have either of you watched that film? No. We have not. So I haven't watched this film either. So, hey, if you've watched The Last Samurai, and I'll, we'll get Greg to talk about it next time, uh, next week. If you if you have strong feelings about The Last Samurai, good or bad, let us know. So let's move on. All right. <laughs> yeah. There are a couple of Greg's that I'm like, I haven't seen this movie. Um... You might need these. You think you're the only people who've got to come here? Hey, fellas. Is, is he in black and white? Where's that wind coming from? We're in a basement. <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> this is uh, this is one of Jason's favorites, and it is also one of my favorites too. But it's not on my list. Uh, Into the Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse is correct, and you're saying it's on Jason's list. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, I know that was really hard to guess. <laughs> I know. But... Oh. Jason is basically Peter Parker. Yeah, for all intents and purposes. All right, let's finish out the clip. The ending is great. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. No other reason. <laughs> uh, I love Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Jason, Into the Spider-Verse. Well, uh, you said earlier your favorite character in all of fiction is Brienne of Tarth. Mine mm -hmm. is Spider-Man, Peter Parker. We kind of agreed on this when we were doing this we we're going to leave out all of the mcu movies all of star wars um, mm -hmm. because you know I, I don't think we've talked about star wars enough on this podcast yet but i, say, uh, I, I mean no but, uh, <laughs> I, i'm oh did i not for did i not remember to plug it last shot is a terrible movie last week uh, <laughs> oh no, stop and actually you need to plug it last Jedi is a good movie I and you know what this is the podcast where you're entitled to your opinion, yeah. even if you're wrong. Yeah, I yeah. know, Nathaniel, Jason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, 90% uh, of, of, of Star Wars fans. <laughs> I don't think it's that high. I think this is a really loud minority. Well, I, well we can all agree Rise of Skywalker was terrible. Uh, yes, yep. none of us like that. <laughs> I just saw how Last Jedi was so divisive, but Rise of Skywalker united everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian not, and the Rise of Skywalker uniting just, Star Wars. Yes, not quite in the way they yeah. were hoping, but we are yes, united exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, people people flipped off, flip flopped on Rise of Jedi, uh, Rise of Jedi, Rise mm -hmm. of, uh, Last Jedi, but Rise of Skywalker.
Universal. <laughs> Universal. Anyway, please right. tell us about Into the Spider-Verse, so, Jason. Back to Into the Spider-Verse. Um, I absolutely love Spider-Man. The movie was basically written as a love letter to the character and to oh, yeah. people like mm-hmm. me who love the character. Um, there's so many little things like throughout that, just Easter eggs and things that I really enjoyed. Um, but... I mean, it was just a really good movie overall. I mean, the animation was groundbreaking. There were so many cool things. It felt like you were watching a comic book come to life, and they were not afraid to lean into that, you know, 120%, which I think is part of what made it so good. Mm -hmm. Um, All these little details, every universe having its own animation style, um, the way that they even just use, like, thought bubbles and things appearing Mm -hmm. on screen just uh, to highlight Miles' anxiety. There's all these little tiny details and artistic choices that just I absolutely adore. Um, I really enjoyed... The uh, the themes of the movie as well, where it's, you know, everyone can be a hero and they don't have to, you know, completely conform to a certain notion or a certain way of doing things to do that. You need to, the constant theme of you have to get back up, you have mm-hmm. to get back up. Mm-hmm. The relationship between Miles and his family, the relationship mm-hmm. that he forms with his kind of surrogate family of spider people is just... I could go on and I could do an episode on. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're oh, going to do an episode on just Spider-Man for right, sure. right. I mean, but I think into the, there's so much you could say about Into the Spider Verse. Um, when I I, I I love Into the Spider Verse so much, I saw it four times in the movie theater, mm-hmm. um, and there are four different spots throughout the film where I ugly cry every single time, no matter how many times mm-hmm. I've seen it. And I know I say I ugly cry a lot in movies, do. I I do, but I mm-hmm. legit like full on sobbing because uh, the way that film moves me as a, a lifelong superhero and film or I- superhero fan. I would argue it was sad because it was one of Stan Lee's last cameos. Right. The first one after he passed away to be right. shown. But I think it was actually one of his best, too, I, because I, I it totally was like agree. his personality 100%. Right. You got the love of the characters, you got the wit, you got the fact that he was always the salesman, all in like two lines. Right. And it was just it was just fantastic. Well, and, and you know, the, the first time I saw it, I was like... <gasps> You know, because that is, you know, Stanley had just passed um, mm-hmm. right right before I got to see the movie, and so I, you know, kind of took me aback, even just to see him in an animated form. But the line, you know, it always fits eventually. Um, just sends me into sobs. Um, and and then a smirk when it pans over to the side. I, I know, right? <laughs> right? I was like, oh, I'm sobbing. Oh, and then I'm laughing again within two seconds. But it's yeah. still, it, it. I mean, what I love the most about that film it is ultimately what it means. To, uh, what does it mean to be a hero? Yeah. And I think that's what makes it a, the best superhero film and ever made. The other thing I really liked about it is uh, the version Peter B. Parker is one of. It's probably about the closest to my favorite version of Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. is the version written by uh, J. Michael Straczynski where he's older, he's married, they've actually allowed the character to mature a little bit. Yeah, like I said, I could talk about that forever. Yeah. <laughs> I just love, he's telling his, like, oh yeah, it's the same for me, and, but it's showing the clips of what it's actually like, and yes. just crying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh. While wearing the Spider-Man yeah. suit. <laughs> yep. It's, it's I mean, working out, that movie getting is strong. Magnificent. But, it, you know, it, 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 it also touches themes of growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Of not just realizing that your heroes aren't who you think they are in terms of the, the Spider-Man, uh, Michael, uh, Michael, Peter B. Parker, yeah, being kind of a he's let himself go. He just mm-hmm. you know he gave up on life, and but also his uncle, who he looks up to, turning out to be this crazy villain, the Prowler. Mm-hmm. The, yep. Yeah, that's, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, I, I want to say the Predator. Like it's not 
Different movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Marvel's done a Predator comic at some point. Mm-hmm. Probably. I'll have, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Oh, we'll another uh, another fun fact is that is the character that Donald Glover is playing I was about to in say, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he is yeah, playing yeah. Uncle Aaron. Oh, and then right. in the new one in uh, Homecoming. Yeah, he, he he's made the a, he weapons made a, dealer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he made a cameo. In oh Homecoming. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, all kinds of fun. And, and just there. Nick Cage, <laughs> Spider-Man Noir. I think he takes the Rubik's cube like I'm gonna solve this, and then they show him with the credits that he solved it. Well, I mean, Nick Cage <laughs> was just being Nick Cage, and right. there's there are few places where it fit better. Than uh, it yeah, was, so, it yeah. was so perfect. Yeah, um, the wind. Well, you know something. Something you said, Jason. Um, really, it, it it caught me in a whole new way about that film. As many times as I've seen it, but the um, the point you made about it, anybody you know, can be a hero. And I think it's interesting that you say that and you have, like, five iterations of Spider-Man yeah. um, who are very different uh, in that film. And so, like, yeah, anyone can wear the mask. It's not just these five heroes, but they're at, at the same time, they're all very, 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 very different mm-hmm. um, in how, you know, they go about. They have, like, similar kinds of backstories. You know, they have tragedy that pushes them into this heroic loner position. But... At the same time, they all lean into their own strengths, and I think yeah. that's really interesting. And also, the villain is complex. Yeah. Like, Kingpin's whole motivation is that he wants to see his family, but then realizing that it's his actions that push them away. Right. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just everything about it is fantastic. And, the, and then, of course, at the very, 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 very end, when they finally pay homage to the best Spider-Man, the 60s cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yep. my, I, that might be that '60s cartoon. Meme might be my favorite meme series oh, of all time. Oh yeah, I just, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, there's, there's so, so much there. Those, those are great memes. I think mine. yeah, that's definitely all right. my face too. Yeah, so Spider Verse, just ah, yeah. great movie. So we let's move Spider-Verse. on to the next one. People break down into two groups when they experience something lucky. Group number one sees it as more than luck, more than coincidence. Well, I know this is on Greg's list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was um, going to say it's Greg's list. Uh, signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got that before I did. Yeah. And it was also on your list. It was also on my list. Uh, I, I, I didn't use different... the clip you sent me because uh-huh. the audio was really weird. Oh, and it, it, that's yeah, I don't, yeah, and I tried to find another mm-hmm. clip of that, and I couldn't find the same clip, so yeah. I just went with the clip Greg sent me. As mm-hmm. much as Greg and I disagree about The Last Jedi, we actually agree on a lot of other movies, and yeah. Signs <laughs> is one of them. But yeah, Signs. Great. Right. I don't that's think one, I've actually watched the whole thing. That was, that's one <gasps> I had not seen until uh, right after we met Greg. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One of his first uh, movie nights where he got us all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we all watched Signs together. And that was the first time I'd seen it since high school. I watched it again today just to have it fresh in my mind because it had been a little while. We watched a lot of Shyamalan that, that summer. You know what? I'm not upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Sorry. You guys talk about the movie. I have an anecdote tangential to M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Go ahead. All right. All right. I'm going to let you take the lead because I've only ever seen it one time. Okay. Well, so um, when I was a senior in high school, um, my senior year, fall um, fall semester, my <laughs> this, this is going to say so much about the small town I grew up in, but uh, <laughs> the, the school I went to was uh, maybe 35, 40 years old at the time, and um, they had to cancel school for just over a month because uh, we had a very severe mold problem and we had a lot of kids getting sick. So on, uh, because, because I was in the marching band, uh, we had practice all day on Tuesdays and Thursdays while school was out. But on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm home all day. 
And uh, depending on who woke up first, me or my sister, one of us would, you know, take control of the TV with the DVD player attached to it. And I had, like, two movies that I pretty much watched on repeat during that time. Um, and one was Signs. Signs became, for me, like, it was kind of, it, it, it kind of gave me a little taster for the horror genre, even though it's more of like a... Uh, sci-fi thriller but it has like these little jump scares but it also i i really enjoy it when my films do more than entertain me and signs asks philosophical questions that i think are really interesting and important especially as as a, as a christian so uh for me uh the clip that i i i chose um is probably my favorite line in any movie ever um, it's where um, Meryl, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix, is talking to the Army recruiter, and the Army recruiter recognizes that he was this ma- minor league baseball star. And he's like, dude, you, you know, you you have, like, the home run uh, record. You've got at least two, right? He's like, yeah, I've, I've actually got five. And, and then he gets called out by uh, this other guy who's there, and uh, he says, yeah, the other record Meryl has is the, is the strikeout record. And he asks, you know, why aren't you playing in the majors? And he's like, well, that's why. The only thing Meryl has to say in, in, re- in reply to that is it, it felt wrong not to swing. And that's, I mean, if you know me, like, I don't like to do things halfway. And, the, and so that, that line just, it, it resonates deeply with me because when I, I would play, you know, baseball or softball in gym class or whatever, I, I would... I would swing at pretty much everything too, <laughs> but just because it, it felt wrong uh, not to do that, and it feels wrong not to uh, for me not to um, give everything that I do uh, my best effort, and so that that line has kind of really just sunk deep into me in, uh, internally, kind of internalized that. But also, kind of the joke we have is um, I have a very loud singing voice. Um, <laughs> and so when I sing, um, people three or four rows up from me uh, at church will be all like, oh yeah, Ashley's back there. <laughs> I can hear her. Uh, so for me, it also feels wrong not to sing for a few different reasons. So, But yeah, that, that just on a philosophical level, I, I think that's just a, such a fascinating film. And, uh, you know, watching it again today, it just hit me in a completely different way. Just, um, and not just the, the clip that you played that, that Greg picked out, but the, um, the scene uh, when they're in the uh, they're hiding out from the from the aliens, and what's what's the son's name? Morgan. Morgan has the asthma attack and they don't have his medicine, and so Graham is trying to walk him through like some breathing exercises, get him to calm down. And in the, in that scene, it's it's so it's multi layered because he's he's trying to get Morgan to you know to breathe with him, and he's you know they're breathing together. But Morgan, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Graham is also working through his pain at the death of his wife. And his anger at God, it just uh, just hit me in a completely different way. I just cried, cried, cried. <laughs> well, and you know, what's one of the things that's great about that, uh, the moment you were talking about where he says it feels wrong not to swing, they get to pay that off later on in the film. It's one of the oh, best yeah. moments. Oh, gosh, uh, so swing things. away. I think one of the coolest things for me was watching... Um, Liking main character Morgan? Uh, no, okay. Mark. Uh, Graham. Graham. Uh, <laughs> and his struggle with his faith and mm-hmm. then seeing you know at the end of the movie where he comes back and his faith has been restored through this really crazy ordeal and all these things in this uh struggle he's gone through with his family it's mm-hmm. just it's it's really great to watch that progress yeah yeah um yeah I, I think one of the things that i did not recognize when i was watching this film in high school uh that i recognize now is it, it has these markers of things that i tend to enjoy in film as a uh, monster in shadow um, excuse me. Uh, it has really great cinematography, and you know, reading about it is like one of the reasons M Night chose to do so many like shadow shots with the aliens or whatever is because they couldn't get the CGI they really wanted. They couldn't 
you know, the, the costume would still look you know, like a guy in a rubber suit. And so you get these really neat shots where he uses reflection and you get these uh, POV shots uh, from the alien, especially that one shot where um, you know, gets that final glass of water. Ah, so great. It just, all these markers of things I really enjoy in films, you know, great cinematography. The Monster in Shadow is my favorite thing in, in a horror film. And, and I would argue that if he had gotten the CGI he wanted, the movie would not have aged nearly oh, as no, well. Oh, no, no. Like, I mean, it that movie some, came out in, like, 2002, and it still looks great led now. Led to much better cinematic choices. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and again, we've, we've, we've harped on practical effects before in this mm-hmm. podcast, but I, I think that's... Um, that's just such a, a just a great example of, um, and it's also a really great example of show don't tell, mm-hmm. uh, because so much of that story is visually told. Um, I could talk for hours about all the cool things that M Night does, but um, that film is what made me an M Night fan, even yeah. though he's not done as well in recent memory. Although I, I did really enjoy Glass and Split, you know. I felt like he he came back a little bit with those. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we'll have to get Greg back and do an M Night episode. Hey, yeah, I need to. <laughs> I've I need not to watch watched more of a single M Night Shyamalan movie, so. <gasps> I, but I know all the twists ah. because of the spoil. But okay, sorry, so here's sorry, my. I should have given a okay, so away. back in the day, I don't think it exists anymore. There was mm-hmm. a video gaming theme channel G4, and and I believe this was on Attack of the Show. They would have little skits and things, and one mm-hmm. time they were doing a jokey skit about M Night Shyamalan. And so, you know, it's M. Night Shyamalan, and he's directing, and it's the guy in front of the pool. He's like, all right, in this scene, you've, you've just seen the monster. And so, action. The guy's like, ah, ah, the monster's right there. Cut, 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 cut. Okay, I want you to scream it again, but whisper it. The guy's just like, what? what? Scream <laughs> it, but whisper it. Go. Ah, ah, the monster. Ah, perfect. And then it goes over, one of the camera guys like comes over to the, the uh, what do they call it? Where the food, the services, the services yep. table. Uh-huh. And opens a pizza box, and it's just filled with lettuce. And he looks at M. Night Shyamalan, and M. Night Shyamalan just goes, twist. <laughs> <laughs> and that has just stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but speaking of, of, of lines, I think that film has some of the funniest M. Night lines ever. Like uh, he, Oh, yeah, because he always puts himself in his movies. Well, well, uh, well just... Or, not just him per se, because the character he plays is in 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 that particular um, film is not funny. But uh, just lines of dialogue in M Night movies, not mm, necessarily okay, okay. the director's lines himself. Whenever he cameos, there were some I'm just like, wow, this is so deadpan and hilarious. And <laughs> I, I, I like I don't think I truly 100 percent appreciated it uh, when I was in high school, but I gosh, I love it now. It's 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 aged really really well for me. Also, I think we can agree that the summary of the happening is. Oh, not the tree! <laughs> I that was that's like the one M Night film I really don't like. <laughs> the happening, um, it's one I have not seen. But I do appreciate. I, 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 I do find it interesting that just the, the alien's weakness is water. Spoiler, yeah, mm-hmm. for a eighteen-year-old movie. We're yeah. back to science, and now. and yeah. uh, you know, it's the Wicked Witch of the West thing. I can understand why a witch would be okay. Uh, if you're allergic to water, mm-hmm. you die. Straight up, you're dead. You don't live. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the universe runs, mm-hmm. biological, can run without water. Period. Mm-hmm. End Magic. of statement. It's a witch, you know? Okay, the witch, maybe. But, like, okay, well, it's raining. Well, she, she has to live in <laughs> the desert. Because mm-hmm. if she lives in Seattle or London, she's dead day one. Right. <laughs> uh, aliens come to... And this was the... So the, the bacteria thing, that kind of made sense, right? You could have, like, a sterile society... Mm-hmm. Um, for more of the worlds, you could have a sterile society theoretically, even though bacteria are responsible for a lot. Like, if bacteria disappeared today, bad things would happen. Right. But you could theoretically have a sterile society and they come in and, or it's just, you know, they don't have a sterile society, but they can't handle whatever we're giving them. 
Okay, mm-hmm. we can see that happening. But do they not have water on their planets? Uh, apparently not. I and you know, that was something I was thinking about today. It was like the Earth is, you know, what percentage water? Um, it's like seventy three. It's a lot of water. I, yeah, and so mm-hmm. uh, and it's raining most places most of the right. time. And, and so <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious. Is it something within water that they are particularly allergic to, or what? I don't know. Yeah, it's they it's. Just... They did not do enough research before they invaded. Uh, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you what's know that what? blue stuff? I'm sure it's fine. You Let's go. I don't care. It's a yeah. Film. Oh, I don't think that willing knocks the film down at all. Willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> like in the moment, it just it doesn't yeah. matter. And that that moment is a good moment in the film. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so when you take a lot of things, when you take a step back and overanalyze them, you're like, well, that's stupid. But it doesn't actually affect the movie. Right. So. There are some things where you take a step back and you look at it like, wait a minute, that was really dumb. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so next movie. Right here. Clean, let us in. What happened to Kane? Something has attached itself to him. We have to get him to the infirmary right away. What kind of thing? I need a clear definition. An organism. Open the hatch. Wait a minute. If we let it in, the ship could be infected. You know the quarantine procedure. 24 hours for decontamination. We could die in 24 hours. Open the hatch. Listen to me. If we break quarantine, we could all die. Well, isn't that prescient? I know, right? Jason? Anybody know what film it is? I believe it's Alien. It is Alien. It is Alien. It is from your list, actually. Absolutely. It is definitely from my list. That is my all-time favorite movie. So, and I've given my feeling on Alien. Mm -hmm. This one I actually have seen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was very well done. Mm -hmm. I thought because I knew it was, because I knew the entire plot of the movie beforehand, Mm -hmm. it took too long for it to get to the actual good bits. I I say in good bits. Mm -hmm. Like the building of suspense is well done unless you know what's supposed to happen. Right. So, And I think I I suffered from a little bit of that because uh, I didn't see it until a couple years ago. Right. When, uh... Ashley came over to our house and was like, you guys have got to watch this movie. So. You got to watch this movie and I'm going to make dinner. And so we made yeah. spaghetti and y'all didn't know why. <laughs> so we got to the dinner scene. <laughs> yeah. that was um, but no, it was a really, uh, really great movie. Um, again, Monster and Shadow, a right. lot of a lot of the hallmarks of things that you enjoy. And mm-hmm. um, Again, one of the reasons it holds up is because Monster and Shadow and practical effects. Right, right. And the um, acting's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, a few things I really like about it. And again, Monster and Shadow, that's my thing. I uh, I was breaking it down last year. You know, like I said, I, I'm, a, I'm a staff writer at uh, fangirlish.com. And uh, last October, I did a um, month-long series on different horror films and things like that. And one of the things that we did was a, a panel, uh, or not a panel, but effectively like a, a, you know, dis- a discussion um, about what are, what are our favorite horror films. And, 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 and you know, I, I wrote about Alien, not only is it because it's my, my favorite horror movie ever, but it is, um, or, or it's my favorite film of all time, but it, it, it works well as a horror film for people that don't like horror films. But I said, Alien hits all the right cues for me. Monster in Shadow, incredible cinematography, and Tough as Nails leading lady. It was, of course, played by Sigourney Weaver. Donning a pair of Chuck Taylor high tops, wielding a flamethrower, and toting a kitty cat sidekick. There has never been a more Ashley film than Alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it does a strong female character the way I... I feel strong female characters should be done, which right. is they're not like, look, it's a woman. Woman can do things. It's just like, no, she's a she's she, a woman yeah. and she's strong. Get over it. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. She kicks yeah. all kinds of ass. Yeah, I, I, I just, I really, I, I, I love her portrayal. You know, there was a meme that's been circulating for about a year now, but uh, 
it was this film reviewer and he said my wife's review of alien you know puts to shame anything ever i've ever written for the past 10 years is like uh alien is a movie about a smart a smart lady that nobody listens to everyone dies except for her and her cat four stars yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, straight to the point yeah Yeah. so i'm like "Eh, you know what that's that's solid pretty pretty solid review but uh, you know hits all those right cues for me it was kind of my gateway drug really into <laughs> into horror films because uh-huh. effectively yeah. what you have is a haunted house in space mm-hmm. and because it was in space it didn't seem as scary to me and of course i you know i saw prometheus first which is really unusual for people who are watching alien films i i just love this film so much more because of how they chose to, uh, ridley scott chose to do the practical shots um and again you know last last time we talked about excuse me, uh, Dark Star, you know, Dan O'Bannon rewriting that script into mm-hmm. Alien and just mm-hmm. now just getting to see all those visual cues mm-hmm. that are really interesting. But yeah, if you had shown the guy in the in the rubber suit, which that's an interesting story. Just all. popping in and yeah. saying, hello there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all on its own. It would, you know, it would, of course, it would make the film look dated, but because he's in shadow, you never really get a good mm-hmm. look at him until the end. And, and uh-huh. all the Geiger imagery of it's just, oh everything's, everything's wet. Go, go and look, listening. Go and they, the didn't they use like, didn't they use like gallons and gallons of, of KY jelly or something uh, like that? Was, or Vaseline? It, uh, it was like, um, everything oh is just dripping and gross. And to yeah. me that, I, I thought that was a great touch that mm-hmm. it wasn't these plasticine things running around. It was these gnarly dripping, right. gooey, nasty like mm-hmm. i don't want to get near it it's gonna make me unclean right which right, i thought was right. great it's like you want to stay away from that clearly yeah but. and 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 there's uh a couple years ago i got to be part of another uh Mythgard movie club discussion on alien and uh one of the things we talked about is that this is this is a film i mean trigger warning but uh Part of the reason that makes this film so scary is that, you know, the alien, uh, the way that it procreates, it, it's it's effectively like male rape. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scares men on a completely different level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that makes it um, a, a really scary movie. And I, I, I think, you know, one of the one of the things I love the most about that film is the infamous chestburster scene. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming before I even, you know, I saw the movie. I, I'd, I'd seen Spaceballs. If you've seen Spaceballs. I was say, it was, uh, the hello, my honey. Yeah, hello. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've seen Spaceballs, <laughs> the, the chestburster scene from Alien is spoiled for you. And it's funny, it's made funnier because, you know, that's John Hurt <laughs> in there. But, um. So I knew it was coming. I still jumped. But one of the fun facts about that uh, particular scene is that uh, none of the cast knew what was happening, except for John Hurt, who's on the table. <laughs> and so the reaction that they get there is real. I like, feel like uh, a lot of horror directors do that. They're, yeah. they're like, hey, you're just going to spook this person. We're not going to tell them. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. so they get a lot of real visceral reactions. Right. So, so yeah, yeah I, I, I've, I've, I've realized too that like all the cool, like ladies I admire, like Gwendolyn Christie and Sigourney Weaver, they're all like six feet tall or taller, and I am not tall. Uh, but I, I want to cosplay all of them because they carry big guns or big weapons, and <laughs> it just makes me feel powerful. So, Hollywood, where's our strong short woman? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I would. I, I can't even say Cara Dune because she's like five foot eight. Right. <laughs> like, so she's like tall for a lady. And Judy Hops. Judy Hops. There, there we go. go. There we got go. Got the cosplay all figured out. All right. All right. Just got to get some bunny ears and a tail. Anything to say on Alien, Jason? Uh, I think Ashley's covered it pretty well. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, you can see the influence that it had oh, yeah. on sci-fi. And it's really interesting to look at it at the setting now. Because I mean, obviously back then it wasn't this way. But if you look at it now, it's almost cyberpunkish mm-hmm. in that all the stuff on the spaceship is CRT monitors. Right. And mm-hmm. like ASCII code. And so it looks 
it, like a lot of people will go and do that deliberately now, mm-hmm. and, but obviously it wasn't like that. But but it keeps but it keeps it in a, in a weird way. It keeps it it mod, not modern, but it makes it the you don't you don't it's, uh, it's, it's timeless. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It gives it a timeless feel because you're just like oh, instead of it being like why are they using CRT mm-hmm. monitors in space? You're like it's, it's cyberpunk, and we're moving on. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's they, aged really well. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It also, you know, you get this feeling like as you're watching the movie, it's kind of like this desolate yeah. station, which mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. Right. I know. And I, I think just so, some other stuff to keep in mind is uh, Alien came out in 1979. The main reason Alien got greenlit was because Star Wars mm-hmm. was so successful. Um, at, at before then, uh, like you know, like we talked about with Dark Star last time, um, it was Dark Star was still pretty niche. They weren't doing mm-hmm. a lot of movies in space. Uh, and then post Star Wars, there were all kinds of movies in space. Uh, but I would also argue that um, because Ripley was actually originally written to be a man, um, and then they ended up casting Sigourney Weaver in the role. Yeah, it would not have been the same the same film. No, it would know? it would have been a completely different film. But the um, part of the reason you have these ladies like Ripley and Sarah Connor post nineteen seventy seven is because you had Leia. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it, there's 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 a lot of different things I could say about that too, but. That's that's a that's another Star Wars discussion for another day. For another day. For another day. All right, next clip. What are you? Mobile, agile, hostile. What is pain? Fresh bread. What is fatigue? Armor clothes. Will you ever quit? No. We want some more. We want some more. We want some more. Turn it. Ooh. I think I know what it is, but I'm not 100% positive because I've not seen it. No penalties if you guess wrong. You have a guess, Jason? I It's familiar, but I'm blanking, so go for it. Oh, I think it's Rocky. It is not Rocky. Okay, well then I it have It is no a idea. sports movie. It is a sports movie. Okay. I haven't watched a lot of sports movies. That's fair. Remember the Titans. It is Remember and the Titans. from your list. It is from my yep. list. Okay. Yep, that is from your list. So that is... One of my favorite sports movies of all time because it's a sports movie that everyone can enjoy. And if you haven't seen it, you really do yeah. need to watch it. It is just a phenomenal movie. It's funny. It's touching. It's based on a true story. Um, it's fascinating because it takes place right as schools are being desegregated. And mm-hmm. this team of new black students who are just coming into the school and white students who have always held the status quo. And this new coach coming in, which is, for all intents and purposes, a diversity hire... And this coach saying, I just love football and I'm going to make this team cohere. And how he has to has to bring all these students together in a time where they don't play together. They right. just don't. And all the tension and the struggle and how they how they see each other, how the, the players start to see each other as people and not as colors. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and the same for the white coach as well, him learning to respect this black man who's essentially taken what should have been his position is so good and that's every single song from remember the titans it comes on like it's the remember the titans song every single one i love this movie so 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 much it's just so good yeah 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 that was uh denzel right yeah denzel's the coach Uh, um it's got donald Faison as Petey, the running back uh who is hysterical Mm -hmm. um it's got a got a couple other couple other people of note in there uh, who I'm blanking on. I, I just know Donald Faison's in there because he's uh, in Scrubs. Mm. And, of course, I know Denzel. Which I also have not seen. Uh, Scrubs is a great show. I I've, definitely I've recommend you watch it. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. And you can – it has just enough football that mm-hmm. if you're if you're into football, you'll appreciate that. But it doesn't have so much that – so uh, uh, Invictus. Okay. 
No idea how rugby works kind of made it hard for me to enjoy that movie to the fullest extent. Not knowing how football works probably won't stop you from enjoying Remember the Titans. Okay. So that's why I think it's the best sports movie that's been made that's actually about sports. Like Angels in the Outfield is a comedy. I really enjoyed that movie. Which is a great movie. I I love Angels in the Outfield, but I wouldn't call it necessarily. It's a sports adjacent movie. Right. Yeah. And I'll say as someone who understands very little about football, I watched Remember the Titans and enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it has been a long time. That yeah. definitely needs to be added to our uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, rewatch list. We'll add it to the rewatch list because yeah. it's just it's just a phenomenal, I would call it a feel-good movie, but there's a lot of really hard stuff in it. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's, it's you know, racial tensions are still relevant today, so right. I, th- mm-hmm. I would recommend it as a, a Racism great movie is not to watch. Over, folks. Yeah. Nope. It's, but it's, it's a phenomenal look at how two disparate groups of people overcame that Essentially, for the love of, of love, the love of the game brought them together, mm-hmm. and then it became more than that. Right, cool. And basically, how the coach breaks them is just phenomenal. It's ah, everything about the movie is just so good. We'll move on because I, I don't want to take up too much more time on this one. You know, I'm really surprised you don't have the Jeopardy if theme I on die. your soundboard. Just pray that I die bravely. You will not die. You'll not have to fight him. Griswold dies as he drinks the toast. What? Listen. I have put a pellet of poison in one of the vessels. Which one? The one with the figure of a pestle. The vessel with the pestle? Yes. But you don't want the vessel with the pestle. You want the chalice from the palace. Uh, I don't want the vessel with the pestle. I want the chalice from the what? The chalice from the palace. Hmm? It's a little crystal chalice with the figure of a palace. Does the chalice from the palace have the pellet with the poison? No, the pellet with the poisons and the vessel with the pestle. Oh, the pestle with the vessel. The vessel with the pestle. What about the palace from the chalice? Not the palace from the chalice. The chalice from the palace. Where's the pellet with the poison? In the vessel with the pestle. Don't you see? The pellet with the poisons in the vessel with the pestle. The chalice from the Palace has the brew that is true. It's so easy, I can say it. Well, then you. F- <laughs> Sorry, that line ends. For some reason, it's clipping off the end of the line. The, la- the line ends. Well, then you fight him. <laughs> I, gosh, it's familiar, and I can't remember what it is, and I feel like it's I'm, I'm in exactly the same situation. So that's from my list. That's the court jester. Oh, uh, I don't know why that's familiar because I've never seen that film. Because I quote it yeah, all the time, that, and I reference it all the time because it's one of my five favorite movies of all time, and I highly recommend everyone watch it. It's right. Danny Kay, who Danny Kay was a Renaissance right. man. Right. He acted. He sang. He did stand-up comedy. Right. Brilliant. Hilarious. Great dancer too. Great dancer too. He did. He did everything. And by all accounts, he was incredibly charming. Oh. Like actually, as a human being, he wasn't. You know, because some people, oh, they're great on stage, and then they're a horrible person. Yeah, yeah, they, By all yeah. accounts, he was a charming human being. Yeah. But this this movie is just brilliant. the The basic idea is it, it's a spoof a spoofish on Robin Hood mm-hmm. and and the Scarlet Pimpernel, where the king has the uh, the throne's been usurped, and so there's a resistance band in the forest, and and this guy. Danny Kaye's character, Hubert Hawkins, is part of the resistance fighter, and ends up embedding himself in the king's castle as the court jester, and hilarity ensues. It's got slapstick. It's got amazing fight scenes because uh, one of the villains is Basil Rathbone, who was an Olympic fencer, like the Olympic fencing coach for the U.S. And he did all the known him as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and he did all the fight choreography. Wow! So the fencing fights are brilliant. There's a ton of puns and wordplay and brilliant one as you heard there. Right. The whole pellet with the poison vessel with the pestle, which was parodied on an episode of Chuck. Which made me love. No. That. That's why we know what it is. Okay. Yeah. I, I brought that. I brought that. I did. I brought that up on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. But just ah, it is so stinking funny. And I, 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 I toy with like nine different clips to play. Go watch it. Now it does start off a little bit slow, but I mean, right off the bat, the intro credits are played over him singing a song about the making of the film, and it's just, it's just hysterical. 
Right. And and if you've ever heard "Get It, Got It Good," mm-hmm. that's from this movie. Okay. All yeah. Right. This this movie originated the whole "Get It, Got It Good." It's from this movie, The Court Jester. Absolutely brilliant performance from Danny Kaye. Strong leaning lady. Mm-hmm. She the the main the main love interest. She's a knight, and he wants to be a knight. I'm sorry, you you didn't tell me this movie had a lady knight in it. I would have watched it like ten years ago. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's she's the fighter, and he's the one aspiring to be to get to her level. It's oh my gosh, it's just really really good. And uh, there are some famous actors in it, but I can't remember any of them. Go watch it; it's fantastic. All and right. I'm definitely All putting right. that back on movie night because it was like okay. way early movie night, but it was just there was like three people that were there. Okay, and so I'm putting it back on movie night list. All right, all right. All right. All right, next clip, I found it. This one, this one should be a freebie. What you do not smell is called Iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid. <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> the Princess Bride. Yeah. Indeed, now whose list is this on? Oh, that's oh. yours, I would, Nathaniel. I would guess yours as well. It is on my list. Yeah. yeah. We'll I mean, it was very nearly on my list. Yeah, it's a, it, you know, it's a great fits all genres pretty much type of film. Yeah, everybody loves it's, it's so good and just, i tried to clip out just the here did this part the, poison? the battle of wits has begun it ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead <laughs> but it's so simple all i have to do is divine from what i know of you are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia! And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? Strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard, which means you must have studied, and in studying you must have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked! You've given everything away! I know where the poison is! Then make your choice. I will! And I choose... What in the world can that be? (laughs) (laughs) You fell into one of the classic blunders. The other one is never never going to land more with Asia. (laughs) I guess the Sicilian when death is on the line. So Wallace Shawn apparently was super nervous and anxious about playing someone from Florence. Um, Really? Oh no, sorry. He's the Sicilian. Right. And he's like, but I can't do an Italian accent. And the uh, the director um, Rob Reiner, yeah, Rob Reiner, was like, "You're perfect for the role. You're perfect. For just you're gonna do great." Right. So like, Wallace Shawn had to be convinced to do it, and he's you know one of the most memorable parts of that whole movie. The oh, whole yeah. cast just Carrie Elwes is fantastic. Um, who plays Buttercup? Robin Wright. Robin Wright, mm-hmm. fantastic. Andre the Giant, rest in peace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Andy Patinkin, Wallace Shawn, and uh, oh my gosh, who's Miracle Max? 
Oh, uh, uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. Just everything in that movie <laughs> is just so good. And the dad and the son. And I just, I I love this movie so yeah. much. Yeah. It's, it works on every single level. And people who don't like it, I don't understand what you want in a movie. Right. Yep. I mean, do you, do you want a rom-com? There it Princess is. Pride. Do you want an action movie? The Princess Pride. The, yep. the grandpa even says in the minute, goes, got everything. Fighting, pirates, kissing, true love. Like, what more do you want? I love Peter Falk's voice. Yeah, I, I yeah. just love, I just love it. Like he's halfway the shrieking eels part. Those are the shrieking eels. He gets there and he's like, she doesn't get eaten by the eels. I say this because you look nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the most quotable movie. Of it all really time. is. It's, it's, and I feel like people who came to it after it became super popular are kind of like because it was kind oh, of a I bust knew, at yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, I knew all the quotes, so I'm like, stop it. Mm-hmm. Go enjoy right. the movie that all these quotes are from. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the um, I, I I mean I don't know about you guys. We love movies in House Thomas, so um, with a lot of movie quotes get bandied about. But uh, one that I say routinely um, instead of "I'm not a witch, I'm your wife," <laughs> um, I say "I'm not a blank, I'm your wife." You know, depending on you know whatever <laughs> context we're talking about <laughs> to my husband, it's like I'm not a you know. I, <laughs> I I alternate between two pronunciations of the word liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is obviously liar, and then the other one is is a question. <laughs> but I say you know uh, inconceivable used to be my text tone. Oh yeah, uh, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, morons. <laughs> Just I, I I quote it so and. Keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So Who my top five movies, I quote like day to day I am quoting. Right. So uh but if you haven't seen it, please go see The Princess Bride and understand right. why this movie is such is so beloved by so many people. It really is a fantastic movie. It's fun, it's funny, it's it's gorgeous. Right. It's, it's a beautiful film. It's just a great film. The score mm-hmm. is, is beautiful too. Yeah. Would not say such things if I were you. <laughs> Next movie. Oops. I, I need an architect who's as good as I was. It's fine. I opened the wrong file, but it'll work. I've got somebody better. Ariadne? I'd like you to meet Mr. Cobb. Pleased to meet you. If you have a few moments, Mr. Cobb has a job offer he'd like to discuss with you. Work placement? Not exactly. I have a test for you. You're not going to tell me anything about this first? Before I describe the job, I have to know you can do it. Why? Buzz. It's not, strictly speaking, legal. Inception. Guesses? You have two minutes to design a maze that it takes one minute to solve. I recognize Michael Caine's voice, but I... I, yeah. I, I Michael Caine! I, I, I can't remember what movie it is. An- another... It is a Christopher Nolan movie. very, very nearly uh, on my list. Yeah. Inception. Yes. Yeah. Now, which list is... Was it yeah, which I've only seen once. That would, so. that would be on Greg's list. It I is on Greg's list. Yeah. Yeah. Greg has a type, too. Yeah. <laughs> my type is Monster in Shadow. Greg's is... I don't know. Director's... Person in Light. <laughs> 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 Why is that so funny? No idea. Got him, <laughs> yeah, no, Inception's a great film. It's fun, and it's one of those things that 
that, that he left the ending ambiguous on purpose. Oh, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, just to make you think, whoa, was he trapped in the dream world? And I think he, I think he had a definitive ending in mind, and then he was like, I'm gonna mess with people. Right. Yeah. Which, you know what? At some level, I respect that. And mm-hmm. I don't, I honestly didn't care. That didn't bother me, but people were like, whoa, which was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, completely visually stunning. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack is perfect, although it did lead to every movie trailer from then on out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, what I, what blew my mind when I when I figured out that the entire score is the same musical phrase being sped up and slowed down again. Mm-hmm. I, as a musician, that was like, oh, that's so simple and brilliant. There's, I love that movie, it. It's, there's a, perfect. a great, there's a podcast I used to listen to that is now defunct, badly, but um, it was for a, it was for a game website. And when Halo Reach came out, mm-hmm. the guy who reviewed it got comment bombed. We're giving it like an eight. It wasn't even like a bad score. What? And so on the podcast, the guys started reading out some of the reviews with the Inception music underneath, <laughs> and it's just one of the funniest things. That's I'll, so I'll, I'll, cl- I'll clip it. I'll, I'll post it when I post the episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll attach a link to it. I, I, but I it's so funny. It's just like people yelling at him, and he's like, "You freaking scum!" And just this review is horrible. It's. And I'll say I adored Halo Reach, but it yeah. did not deserve higher than an eight. No, no. And, and clearly, at some point, you were like, people are clearly just like somewhat two or three people legitimately left bad comments, and a bunch of people just like jumped on with these ridiculous, overblown yep. comments just just for fun. But that's one of my favorite uses of Inception music. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it really is. It has kind of taken over trailers. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get away from and it. That, I mean, without that movie, I don't think we would have gotten some of the visuals we got in like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No. And uh, this is so Greg. When Greg sent me clips for Last Samurai and for Inception, the clips he gave me were purely visual. <laughs> so Last so Samurai Greg's was like type it was is cool visuals. Yeah, it was like yeah. fight in the rain. And uh, Inception, it was that fight scene they have in the rotating hallway, which oh, they yeah, were legitimately yeah, yeah. rotating that hallway. So that's why it looks so good, is because they're actually changing yeah. the hallway. So right. that was I. That's a really fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because of things like that, the special features yeah. watching on that is just yeah. awesome. Yeah, I need to I need to revisit that one. That's yeah. that's, it's, that's, it's, that's a great film. It's a good one. Yeah. So Greg's just 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 to be clear, Greg's type is cool visuals, not person in light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was a well lit movie. Yeah, that's true. I am no man. Woo! I love that line. Jason? Nope. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? You don't know? We're going to have a problem here. I think yeah. he's being facetious. Nope. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, yeah. dear. Dude. I'm... So that Your is wife is going to like put you in the doghouse when you get home. Uh, that is from Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Ah, uh, yeah. When uh, Eowyn is fighting the Witch King of Angmar. Yeah, she yeah. is going to kill me. Cassandra's <laughs> yes. putting you in the doghouse, bro. Well, I don't think she's actually listened to an episode of this yet, oh, so I think I'm okay. Well, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a t- we, I, we will we, send we, her we're, directly. We're putting her on blast. We're, we're letting yeah. her know. Cassandra, uh, pray for your husband. Pray for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, 
Yeah. You've that seen was it from, though, right? Yes, I have. Okay. And that, that was from Greg's list. Yeah. No, that was from Ashley's list. Ashley's. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. I was surprised that I thought that was going to be the overlap between Greg and Ashley, but their overlap was actually signed. I, yeah. I I'm actually surprised that's not on Greg's list. Yeah. So because um, I figured if we were going to overlap in two places, that would yeah. be the two. Mm-hmm. I think he intentionally chose to not pick that one. Right. So. Uh, for me, The Lord of the Rings is all one movie. Yeah, um, all, it's one book. It, it's one book. <laughs> I mean, that, that was how Tolkien intended it. His publisher said nobody will read a book that long. Have, but, they, not, have they not seen Moby Dick? Like, come on, people uh, read uh, books that long. You know War what? You know what? My, my husband and I have two different sets of The Lord of the Rings. The one that's mine is the one volume set. <laughs> I oh, like okay. I, I like big books and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> you the other can't, can't deny. deny. <laughs> uh, we have a start a merch line. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I think I think that should be our next uh we should make a jackbox shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean uh, to be fair, they did break up they did break that up right. into Volume One: War and Volume Two: Peace. So right. I guess it's legitimate. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> literary jokes. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just a ground. The whole thing is just looks gorgeous. It's a, it's it's such a beautifully shot film. All of the uh, practical effects mm-hmm. that they that they did. I mm-hmm. so um, the other movie I watched on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, uh, my senior year of high school was The Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And that was before the extended editions came out. <laughs> um, so I watched the standard edition Fellowship of the Ring on repeat along with Signs that, that fall. Because I was, I, you know, I kind of did this in reverse. I watched the movies before I read the books. And I, that was, my, so that was my introduction really to Tolkien. I was like, this is such a beautiful story. Like, why have I not read this before? It's probably because I'm 99% confident I have ADHD and can't sit still. Um, <laughs> that's why almost all my books are read through audiobook. Uh, but I love that film so much because uh, just how beautiful it is. I I liked, uh, like, the only actor I really knew from those movies was, um, well, I knew Elijah Wood, because uh, he's a child actor, and he has a lot of movies that I saw as a kid, uh, but then uh, Ian McKellen was the only other mm. other one I knew, uh, because he was uh, Magneto in X-Men, and uh, X-Men's my favorite comic book character group. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, for me, it was, it, that, that, that film was, uh, the whole, the whole film series is just a crash course in beautiful cinematography, watching all of the, all the, um, special features on the DVD and getting like a feel for how the practical effects worked. Um, and you know, all the different groundbreaking stuff they did that mm. is now like commonplace in movies yeah. today. Making like, like 200 sets of chain mail. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Insane. Like I was, I was blown away by like, you know, just how they did all of the, the armor and, and, and the fencing and this and the horseback riding and, um, and the Hobbit feet. Well, yeah, the Hobbit feet too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, nobody's feet really look like that. Well, okay. uh, I mean, no, I, I mean, Nathaniel is, is, is branching. I'm pretty his close feet there. At, at us, so, <laughs> but yeah, like just all the different things that went into making those movies and how that was such a gamble from New Line because they filmed all three movies at the same time, mm-hmm. um, and how expensive it was to get mm-hmm. those made. Um, the the sets uh, they kind of did a thing called bigatures uh, instead of miniatures they did bigatures for these big like over over the top or what's what's it, like sky shots yeah, of, yeah. The, of the uh, the castles and things like that those are all the flyover scene shots yeah those are, those are all actual models they're not CGI and I, that's why they still look good yeah mm-hmm. and the, the like the only CGI they really used was for the hordes which they had like yeah. a group of real people and then copy pasted that right. so it yeah. still looks really good right and 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 I, I, and I guess Sauron's eye technically but yeah. It's a fire. Yeah, they didn't Flame get a real flaming eye. Yeah, sorry. Um, that, that was just a little too expensive. That was the problem. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. on loan to uh, 
It was on. It was on loan to to Australia, so they. Right, but uh, you know things that are, are commonplace now, like CGI motion capture, is mm-hmm. used. I mean, I, I think that was really the first time mm-hmm. that that effect was used. And now, I mean, how many quote unquote live action animated movies do we have mm-hmm. that are all CGI motion capture? And Andy Serkis is in seventy five percent of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but just because he's so brilliant, he's such oh. a brilliant character actor. And you can see in every shot of that film how much love went into this, mm-hmm. how much love there was for the source material, how much love went into you know making it into this real, right. immersive world. Right, mm-hmm. right, and and that and the score is amazing too. Oh yeah. gosh, it's one of the most beautiful film scores ever made. Period. Concerning Hobbits, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but Concerning Hobbits is basically the same melody line of This Is My Father's World. Oh. Which I think is... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I did yeah. notice yeah. that. Yeah. I have yeah. noticed that. Yeah. So I I, I think just for a, a song that conjures up visual imagery of just the beauty of the Shire and, mm-hmm. and how gorgeous it is, I like, ah, it just gets me on a really mm-hmm. deep emotional I'm... level. And uh, if we could... A, if we could at just... a spiritual level, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And if I could just say, Sam is best boy. Oh, one hundred. Which is why, honestly, Sam is the true hero. When he spoiler, 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 close up for your ears for Stranger Things spoilers. <laughs> when he dies in Stranger Things, that was more traumatizing to me. Oh, Ryan about ugly cry. That was more traumatizing to me because I was like, Sam, no, you deserve better than this. Why uh, can they kill Sam? Yeah, yeah. Sam boys. Also, uh, every time I'm, every time I interact with a potato. Mm-hmm. Potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> Boil a mash yep. and stick them in a stew. <laughs> Just fun throwback to Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually see Orlando Bloom's elvish wrist tattoo in oh. that movie when he's doing sword fights for that. and things. I'll have to look for that. That's right. Yeah, the sword I... fights in in they still stay fun, but after the absurdity of the blacksmith fight in uh-huh. Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. which was so fun and so well done yep the one on the wheel was just like too goofy like they got too goofy yeah no um uh yeah just it i i think one of the reasons i chose that 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 set of films is just because of it made me really think about beauty in a different way um i i find it uh the story just a a compelling uh, it's just a compelling story Mm -hmm. i find it compelling on a completely different level as a christian uh which also part of the reason i chose it i um you know, also if you if you give a blonde lady a sword, I'm pretty happy as a blonde lady who <laughs> likes to brandish swords. Uh, so, so you know, I, I love AI. art imitating life. Yeah, imitating art life. imitating life all the time. Uh, I feel like we're all pretty hobbitish yeah. people, anyway. Uh, so oh there, yeah, there, there was a great little uh, drawing. I think it was probably a Tumblr post or something where someone's like, uh, how, "So how does Legolas's elf eyes see? Wouldn't he like at some point fail because of the curvature of the Earth?" And someone's like, "Legolas, what do you elf eyes see? Andrew Legolas with these giant eyes on stalks." <laughs> and then so, and then of course someone jumped in with like the actual, and they're like, yes, "Well, ac- with actually, the, with, with the physics of yeah, that, yes, actually, that apparently so the world's funny. actually flat." But then to keep people out of the the forever realms. The earth, mm-hmm. the earth curves, so right. Legolas, like elves, just see it as a flat land. But just the, <laughs> the, the image of of Legolas with his eyes on giant, like six foot, yes. like someone someone calculated for him to see how far he would have to have, you know, pupils that were this big, and like someone drew it. Oh, it was <laughs> who runs was... the world, nerds. <laughs> All right, next movie. Listen well, all of you. The princess shall indeed grow in grace and beauty, beloved by all who know her. But 
before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she shall prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die. <laughs> oh no! Seize that despicable creature! Stand back, you fools! <laughs> Fine here, yeah, who? Jason? Sleeping Beauty? Yes, and who yes. else is it on? It's <laughs> a really good movie. It's a great film. Is it on your list, Ashley? It is definitely on my Beautiful. list. Okay. Because I am not particularly good at girl things or being particularly girly, people are, or at least what is considered traditionally girly. Which doesn't um, make sense to me because I'm like, okay, Ashley, if you swing a, swing a sword, you swing a sword like a girl. If I swing a sword, I swing a sword like a guy. Because I'm a guy and you're a girl. I don't, I, like, there you go. If you're swinging a sword, then that's that's feminine swinging like it's feminine yeah. to swing a sword because ashley's a girl and she's doing it so what yeah, I, I, I know you missed me i don't know <laughs> miss me with that i don't but, get it but, uh, it, but yeah when i tell people i have a favorite disney princess and they're all like you have a favorite disney princess you've even watched those movies like yes yes i have everyone watches Every, disney. everyone watches yeah. disney movies uh but i i chose sleeping beauty for um a few reasons um one uh it's one of my earliest memories of watching a movie mm. yeah. i remember being maybe three four years old uh, I had a copy of the VHS, and uh, I remember coming home. And all the home. young kids just said, what are those? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, that's a, that's a story for a different time. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, that was how we watched movies at home, because we didn't, you know, if you didn't have cable, or if you, um, you know, weren't in a theater. I mean, VHS was still pretty new. Uh, mm. it, it was it was much more commonplace, you know, when I was a kid. But uh, at the time, it was still kind of a big deal. But uh, we had a copy of Sleeping Beauty. I remember coming home from like a like a, a, a doctor's appointment, like a checkup or something, and my mom had spread this old quilt that her either her mom or her grandmother had made for her out in the living room floor. I'm sitting on the quilt, I'm eating my sugar-free lollipop that I got at the doctor's <laughs> office, and I'm watching Sleeping Beauty. And that's that. I mean, honest to God, that's like one of the earliest movie like memories I have of watching a film. And I watched that movie all the time as a kid, partially because um, I love the animation style. That that movie very nearly bankrupted Disney <laughs> when it was put out because the animation was so expensive. But my goodness, is it not still beautiful today? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that movie came out in early 60s, I think. I don't remember off the top of my head the exact date. Years and years ago. <laughs> yeah, for, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a 50-plus-year-old movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's still just as gorgeous as the day it was made. Mm-hmm. Just the the color is so vibrant in that. I love like the the painted uh, backdrops. Mm-hmm. I'm a big animation fan is uh, just in general, but just it's just so 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 beautiful. I think on a subconscious level, I was really drawn to the film because Mary Costa, who voices Sleeping Beauty, who was maybe 15 or 16 at the time, is from my hometown. Uh, mm-hmm. She's from Knoxville, Tennessee, and so she has. You know, I, I'm so dorky about Sleeping Beauty, I've watched it with the <laughs> commentary track, and she's on there, and she talks about how, as a teenager, Walt Disney was walking her through, like, how to do the vowels, to have, like, a, just a soft English accent, and um, they're not that far off from southern vowels <laughs> in, in, in certain contexts. I know all the Brits listening are going to jump on and, like, smack me, but it works. Um, so if... I, I chose that film because it gave me uh, an appreciation for animation from a mm-hmm. very early age and what beautiful animation looks like. Uh, but also just, uh, I mean, in the same vein of The Lord of the Rings, like it gave me an appreciation for beauty mm-hmm. um, and to look for beauty in art. Also, uh, Maleficent, arguably the scariest Disney villain. 
want a timeless villain. Also, oh. her her motivation is they didn't invite her. They didn't invite me to the like, princess's oh, birthday hell party. Hell no. No, literally, mm-hmm. because she says, "Now you will deal with me, O oh prince, and all the powers of hell." And of course, solidified green. That specific oh, hue of yeah, green. Oh like yeah, that yellow green color flame. As, so the, as the villain's green. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, gosh. Um, and to think, this all could have been avoided if you just, like, sent her an Evite. Yep. Come on, yeah. King Stephen. Yeah, oh. King Stephen. 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 Yeah, and I'll argue, we will never really get back to as beautiful as animation oh, is gosh, no. uh, mm-hmm. when it was hand-drawn. You know, we talked about how great Into the Spider-Verse and all that stuff is, and it's its its own different kind of art. Oh, yeah. We're never, it's, it's we're never going to get back to, like, classic Disney. Well, right. Yeah, well, I think if you if you want that, you have to go to Japan where they're still doing hand-drawn yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which are some of the most beautiful animated films. Yeah. Like, period. Yeah, they, 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 they stuck to their guns. And more power to them, because yeah. that, that's I, hard. <laughs> I really feel like Disney is the company that could afford to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, it's not like Disney, Disney I know you're listening. 2D animation, please, and thank you. Uh-huh. Princess and the Frog was great. Yes. Come on. Anyways. Anyway. But yeah, uh, Sleeping Beauty, great, great film. And I think because, you know, I watched that VHS tape to death, and, you know, I have it on DVD. Like yeah, Back then, I, you literally could watch a movie to death. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to our all Star Wars. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I, you know, I still have my VHS copy of... Sleeping Beauty. I actually prefer to watch it on VHS, and it's not just for nostalgia reasons, but the 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 scene that really scared me as a kid was when Maleficent is in the fireplace right before she lures Aurora away to touch the spin, the, the spinning wheel. On the VHS, because of the picture quality, all you can see is her eyes. Hmm. And that scared the hell out of me as a kid. <laughs> um, even though I was way more scared of the Wicked Queen from Snow White. That particular scene, like, I remember thinking about it one early morning, walking out to the end of my driveway to get on the school bus. And because it was dark and I was thinking about that scene, I got scared and I ran back in the house and missed the bus. <laughs> because that's how my imagination worked as a little kid. But um, I, when I got the DVD for Christmas after they Disney first put it out on DVD... Uh, I watched it on the DVD, and you can see, like, Maleficent clearly. And I'm like, well, this isn't nearly as scary now. So, like, I actually prefer to watch it on VHS. Yeah. And I think I, one of the, I think one of the reasons the animation was so expensive was because they tried a different animation style. Yeah. And, and never repeated that. Right. Which is why Sleeping Beauty looks so unique. And I would I would liken it to stained glass. It, yeah. It's like absolutely. a stained glass oh, window yeah, yeah. animated. Yeah. yeah. And I never thought about that. so... Gorgeous because it, it has a lot. It's a lot more angular mm-hmm. than some of the other stuff, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a decent Kingdom Hearts villain, Maleficent was. Although it got I, I, I've been her, her role those. got weird, and I, she lost me. Mm. She lost me with like Kingdom Hearts one. I understood what she was doing. Two and three, I just sorry, Maleficent, you lost me. And why are you teaming up with Pete of all people? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, anyways. Yeah. They're, they're, Basically, any other Disney villain is kind of a step down. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, Except and, maybe Hades. And I, Hades, I do, yeah. I mean, you know, he's basically and I do the like devil. this. I, I kind of do like the arch, arch archetype, archetype, archetype mm-hmm. of of the villains not being the hideous creatures, right? Like right? Maleficent in, is actually very beautiful. Snow White, right? I mean, the, the queen isn't ugly, but she turns herself into oh. a crone for most of the movie, right? But Maleficent is tall and beautiful and evil, just like the White Witch is tall and beautiful, beautiful and, and evil. evil, and it's like. Right. Being pretty, which has been kind of a Hollywood is bad at this trope. Being pretty makes you the good guy. and Being ugly makes you the bad guy has been a traditional thing. It's like, no, pretty people are evil too. (laughs) (laughs) Which I appreciate. It's not one of the pretty people. (laughs) uh, Again, why I love Breed of Tarth. (laughs) Yeah. 
just uh, one other note about Sleeping Beauty. It's it's a it's a beautiful film, um, yeah. and just really it's, it's timeless. It's a classic. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 good. Yeah. Go watch it if you haven't. Yep. If and one of the one of the benefits of 2D animation is mm. it always looks good. Mm-hmm. It never stops. Like if it looked bad mm-hmm. to begin with, then it will always oh, look yeah, bad. Yeah. But if it looked good ever, it still looks good. Right. And every frame of those movies is a work of art, literally. Yeah. I love Sleeping Beauty so much. I entered and recessed at my wedding to the um I know you, I walk with you once upon a dream. Uh <laughs> which is actually from uh Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty ballet. So uh, it was that was the the song I walked into because I did not want to walk into "Here Comes the Bride" long fat and wide. <laughs> That's all that goes to my head because I'm actually five years old. Um, but I'd never heard that before. Oh, believe it or not, what? Here comes the bride, long fat and wide. Here never heard that broom, in my life. Skinny as a broom, which is my husband's physique. Um, <laughs> so. Anyway, but if yes. If you held him upside down, he might make a decent broom, too. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh, we'll have to try that next time. Uh, yeah, not right he now. might protest, but what's yeah, he going to do about the, it? The shaved head is going to ruin yeah, that. Yeah, uh, right, 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 his yeah. quarantine cut. You know, All right. He's rocking the cue ball. You got a couple more. Next clip. Should be a freebie. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is The um, the Dark Knight. It is indeed. Whose list is it on? Oh, that's on Greg's list because it's Christopher Nolan. No, it is not. Oh, shoot. Wow. Maybe that's on Jason's it's list on Jason's because it's Batman. List. Definitely on my list. Oh, oh, it is. Sorry. One of the main reasons Inception did not make it is I didn't want to do two Nolan films. Ah, uh, all right. Um, definitely one of... Uh, when I was going through my... Trying to figure out my list, uh, Into the Spider-Verse and The Dark Knight were the two that I could mm-hmm. not get away from. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, because in the Dark Knight is just on its own such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second, one of my second all-time favorite characters, uh, the character that got me into superheroes and all that kind of stuff is Batman. Right. And I think the Dark Knight is one of the first times like live action really got character of Batman. They really got a good action-oriented superhero movie. Oh, yeah. um, Heath Ledger's performance, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, de- mm. Definitive uh, version of the Joker. Yeah, yeah. Um, managed to make him scary, but a little whimsical all at the same time. Yeah. And it yeah. just they they, um, they caught that that embodiment of chaos that that is yeah. what the Joker is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and somehow managed to make <clears throat> a somewhat grounded superhero movie mm-hmm. that has not they've not been able to do They're, that since Nolan left. No, no. Let me just, um, let me just, let me just play the end of this clip. I love, I love oh, yeah, go for it. This clip. <laughs> a little fight in you. I like that. And you're gonna love me. cut off uh, again. Yeah, you're gonna love me. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pants. Uh, uh, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. If I had if I had sent the clips, I probably would have done, I know we're giving it away just as fast, the interrogation scene. Oh, yeah. Um... um Never do the head first. The victim gets all fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, again, very quotable movie. Um, a lot of the same things that you love about Inception, you're going to see there because it's Nolan. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's essentially the same cast. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's there's Nolan. <laughs> I, what I really loved about Heath Ledger's Joker, obviously, his acting was just outstanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea that they didn't explain where he comes from, and he, every time he tells a story, he changes. So he's clearly not telling the yeah. truth. Yeah, and this idea that he just appears out of nowhere and sees Batman and latches onto him like I'm gonna I'm gonna make you mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn you so it mm-hmm. just because uh, the Joker works best when he's a dark reflection of Batman and well, just 
he needs to be unexplained. When you explain the mm-hmm. Joker, it takes out the mystique and this mystique of this random person who comes in. And now, if you want to get into the idea that his plan was so ridiculously ridiculous, yeah. Mm-hmm. But whatever, I'm fine I mean, with that. I think that's basically most comic book. Movies yeah, yeah. So, so I'm okay yeah. with that. But uh, I saw that at midnight, and when uh, the, he does the pencil trick, yep, pin drop silence. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it was either that or like ooh. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> you know, there's just like the gasp of shock, and then right. just pin drop silence. Is like, what is he gonna do next? Yeah, and that's and then. Uh... Well, and one of the things you touched on is one of the things I love about that movie because the writers did get the character of the Joker because yeah. um, while it's not my favorite uh, Batman story at all, one of the definitive Batman stories, Joker stories, is the Killing Joke, and one of the best mm-hmm. lines from that is Joker, after giving his origin throughout the story, ends off with, "Well, if I'm going to have a ba- past, I prefer it to be multiple choice." So even when they're giving the definitive <laughs> Joker origin, Joker's like, "Yeah, but I might just be making all this up." Yeah. yeah. Which made for some really great scenes in that movie. Just him explaining it yeah. over and over again. Yeah, so so the first time he says, you want to know how I got these cards and explains them, I'm like, well, that was a little... And then the second time he's like, wait a minute, that's not the same story! What? <laughs> and it, it plays into this, like, embodiment of chaos that oh, yeah, the Joker yeah. should be. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's completely and utterly psychotic and without reason. Yeah. yeah. Some men just want to but watch still, the world but burn. Still, but go. still intelligent. Not He's not crazy in the sense that he doesn't know what's going understand what's going on mm-hmm. right he's lucid he's perfectly lucid and that's mm-hmm. kind of like when we talk about hannibal that's what makes him so dangerous is right. he, he understands exactly what he's doing and right. he's he understands how other people think mm-hmm. to yep. a certain extent which is what makes him so dangerous he's right. too dangerous to be dangerous i'm not gonna mm-hmm. that. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just say it all right next clip there ah! hey it's us idiots your butts are getting bigger. We thought you were a dragon. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with a dragon-esque figure. Ah! 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 Wait. Ah! Ah! Oh! oh, I'm hurt. I am very much hurt. Chances of survival are dwindling into single digits. <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> yes. I believe that is how to train your dragon. Yes. And that is on your list, Nathaniel. It is not. <gasps> yeah. That is from my list. What? Y'all bamboozling me. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a trend, or, you know, I really love animated movies. Right. Um, I love fantasy, and I think that that movie is basically the perfect blend of those two. Oh, yeah. No, it's um, it's a great film. Have you read the books? I have not read the books. Yeah, I so say they are a book series. I have not read them either. But... Um, look that up. But the, that movie, again, the score is amazing. I could listen to the score all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got... Uh, you know, humor, it's got heart, uh, the hero of it. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is he's just completely about getting everyone to a peaceful coexistence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but I think the director, when he, or one of the writers or the director, when they were talking about the movie, they basically were like, I don't really like to be preachy when I'm, you know, when I'm writing, but I really feel like a hero that's just, his only goal is peace mm-hmm. is something that we really need right now. Mm. And you can see that throughout the movie. Um, the character of Toothless is, you know, hilarious <laughs> and adorable and probably, it's you basically know, all the cat. best qualities <laughs> of a dog and a cat kind of combined. And they did, like, motion capture on a cat to get the, the motions. Yeah, so they, yeah. they one oh. of the, it was like the producers or one of the director's cats, they tied something to its tail and saw how it chased it around. So, mm-hmm. so I have a black cat, and, and Ryan 
Ryan took me to go see that movie. That was one of our one of the movies we saw at the Dollar Theater when we were dating. Um, and I'm just like, this is like watching Luna. This is so weird. <laughs> Luna's a dragon. Because they actually watched the cat and mimicked its, its oh, motions. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> I, love I, I love at the end of the movie that his injury mirrors Toothless's injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and I've talked about this when we talked about prequels, uh, sequels and sagas, the How to Train a Dragon 1, 2, and 3 is an amazing sequel trilogy for me because each movie does different things and advances the story more and more and develops the characters more and more but keeps the same heart. Whereas if I look at like Kung Fu Panda, I think that's the one I used, that's the example I used then. Mm-hmm. All three are good movies, but they're all the same movie. Right. And... You know, you pointed out the mirroring. That whole movie is a, a chiasmic structure. Mm-hmm. Like, from the intro narration the and the ending words. narration all the way, uh, basically, the whole movie mirrors itself up to the scene where Toothless and uh, Hiccup are flying, mm-hmm. and they fail, and then it starts to mirror itself as soon as they do it again, and they succeed. And then from the rest of that, you get all these moments, right. you know. You gestured to all of me, you know, at the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. The narration, like you said, mirroring um, the injuries. It's just, it's a really, really well-written movie for what was a simple premise. Right. Um, but absolutely adore it. Probably my favorite non-Disney animated film. Mm-hmm. It's a great I would agree with that. Unless mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse is up there, too. Oh, but For yeah. different reasons. Yeah, yeah but for different so, reasons. Because yeah. yeah. uh, technically that is Sony. So just yeah. to define what a chiasm or a chiastic structure is, it's basically like a roller coaster. It's you a go ring. up yeah. and down, but everything's mirrored. Right. It's a ring. So the or beginning a ring and the composition end are, is another. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's often found in literature and poetry. Right. Yeah, we can we can thank uh, Daniel for yes. me actually knowing yeah. that word. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a very common theme in especially Hebrew poetry but it's a very right. common theme um, you see it actually is a common that, that's theme the in, book of yeah, in filmography yeah. and in uh, cinema, cin- cinematographic storytelling Chuck for instance mm-hmm. has a somewhat chiastic structure with its very beginning and its very end mm-hmm. the the first and last episodes are yeah. almost identical but with the roles reversed which is what made Ooh. me love the finale so much I never thought about that yeah. that's good, so that's it, it's point. something that you won't notice that. unless you do what I did which I, I don't want to we're gonna have a we're gonna have an episode on Chuck, but basically, oh, yeah. when the fifth season was coming out, me and my friends who watched Chuck were like, "Okay, the finale's coming up. Let's watch all of Chuck before we watch the finale." So we did that. Nice. Mm-hmm. So when you watch it all in the span of like a month, right? Then you see it's been not been not too long since you watched the, the first episode. And you watch the last episode. You're like, "Wow, this is an exact mirror." Right. And it's that to me that made it a really really good finale. And uh, before we go, I think one of the things that really, one of the other things that really draws me to it is it has this uh, hero that doesn't really have to change again who he is in order to, and that's kind of the whole first part of the movie is him trying to, you know, change his identity, be more like everyone else, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it's the differences mm-hmm. that actually end up kind of defining him as being mm-hmm. a heroic character. Yep. Right. All right. Next clip. It's so good to see you and Miss Beaumont together again. Might one ask what this bodes for your alter ego? I'm not sure, Alfred. Everything's happening so fast. Oh, Buzz. I know this one. So you know this one? Yes, that is uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. It is! And whose list is it on? Oh, that's on Jason's list? Yes. I was going to be shocked if it was not on Jason's list. And yeah, yeah, I just played three of Jasons in the in yeah. a row. Well, I mean, y'all y'all just did the you know the switcheroo on me because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I know How to Train Your Dragon is one of your favorite films. But... It is, I do love it. Yeah. Oh. 
this one had to be on my list because again, I love Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what the thing that got me into superheroes really got me into any, everything was Batman the animated series, and I feel me like that's, um, that's Mask of the Phantasm is all of what's best about the animated series yes. in a nutshell and kind of elevated a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, it is if you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic movie on its own. Mm-hmm. It has a really solid mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to really know anything about Batman to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a decent origin story for Batman, the Joker, all of that just kind of all wrapped into like an under two hour package. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, it's, like, it's only about an hour and a half, but it's, and it's so, so good. You get the best parts. Uh, I mean, Kevin Conroy for me is the definitive Batman. When I'm reading a oh, comic, yeah. I'm listening to anything. Yeah. That's the voice that I yes. hear in my head. Mark Hamill is the definitive Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love Heath Ledger's performance, that that mm-hmm. again, Mark Hamill's the voice that I hear. I yeah. I have to show you guys this clip at some point. Uh, but at one of the big comic cons, um, a bunch of big name voice actors did a reading of A New Hope, Ooh. of like a, the first scene from A New Hope. Mm-hmm in their voices and kevin conroy is the narrator oh and so it's like billy west and uh tara strong so so like darth vader does darth vader's lines as bubbles and (laughs) it's amazing i I think i remember hearing about this now but i've never seen the clip i'm gonna have to dig it up it's outstanding (laughs) but yeah i I think yeah just what you said it epitomizes batman the animated series and you don't have to have watched all that in the animated series to right. come into it. You can just come into it blind, knowing as much as the common person knows about Batman, which is he's a rich person who dresses like a bat and he fights crime. Mm. And I think one of the cool things about it, it manages to add to the origin story, mm-hmm. introduce a completely original villain and not fail at it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, then, and kills people. Yeah. In a PG kids yeah. cartoon and movie. It's, I remember it's being those... very upset about not getting to go see it in the theater as a mm. kid. I was like maybe six or seven when that came out. I mean, the... The Joker bleeds, you know, they're really, yeah. really uh, pushing the envelope up. there. But And that was one of the things in the original, in Batman the Animated Series, they weren't allowed to have anyone bleed. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, and because of things like that, the Joker comes off as a little bit scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, the score is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's no, like it's this beautiful. operatic yeah. version of like the, the theme from the Animated Series. Um, I would argue, as much as I love, uh, I love the Dark Knight, uh, I feel like that is probably cinematically the best Batman movie, maybe one of the best superhero movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the best Batman movie ever made, in my opinion, is Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, because you I didn't think like that... Batman Samurai? <laughs> I actually have not seen it. I it's seen Batman, Batman Ninja. Either. Batman Ninja. Yeah. It's oh, a, okay. No, I haven't seen that. It's a trip. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I've just from the depiction of the Red Hood... Where he's, uh, I've have seen little bits of it. That's where he's not the trippy part. Just wearing a like a red, uh, yeah, red them, basket on them, his head. Yeah, them dressed up as samurai <laughs> and ninjas is not what makes it trippy. Okay. Oh. And I'm not going to spoil it. You have yeah, to watch it right. to and right. uh, just embrace it. Right. It's pretty Batman amazing. Batman Ninja. Batman Ninja. Okay. It's pretty amazing. Okay. But yeah, that, that's it's one that not a lot of people have seen um because even when it came out in theaters like nobody went and saw it was it. in the theater mm. yeah it, <laughs> when um, did this come out i've never even heard of uh, this no um sorry just going back no, to not, ba- not batman Fantasy. ninja oh, oh, oh. master of the phantasm oh, oh, oh. <laughs> i was like yeah, so you was, just said you saw it in a, hold on a second yeah, there's no. a box office flop um oh. that later on people came back and oh, rediscovered yeah and yeah it's i think it's actually streaming on netflix now oh. so okay yeah it's quite good see my dvd has a scratch on it so yeah all right. It's a good spot. 
Boys, listen to me. I'll fire first. I want you two to start with the officers and work your way down. Can you tell the difference? Yeah. Yes, father. Yes, father. That is Good. the Patriots. It is indeed. And that is, and that is on Greg's you. list. Yep. <laughs> on Greg's list. Yeah. Again, he, he person in light. Yeah, definitely he, Greg's type. <laughs> he gave away a lot when we were at his house the other day. I know, I know. Greg gave away his whole we, list. <laughs> we, watched, we watched the last like twenty minutes of the Patriots. Uh, there. I was say this is a movie I have not seen. Oh. Oh wow. So talk to me times. about it. We we actually talked about it again that the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all right, just give me the highlights. It's just uh, I know it's Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, it's Mel Gibson, uh, Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, he gets his family gets killed, mm-hmm. and he what starts off as like this vengeance mission uh, where he forms a militia and goes off. It's been a while since I've actually yeah, seen like, most of the film. I say it, it's probably been since oh. high school since I've hmm. actually watched it all the way through. But, but. you you kind of get to see his character evolve and take mm-hmm. on you know. Uh, it would started as a vengeance, revenge mission becomes you know him trying to serve his country trying to be right um, he becomes he a, much more heroic and, and, throughout he, and the movie. even though he was a previous like french and indian war hero if i remember mm-hmm. correctly um he was hesitant to get involved again in the revolution yeah. because his wife had passed and he's like the, the only thing his children have but he kind of gets pushed in oh. to do that Mm-hmm. Fan- fantastic uh battle scenes in that movie yeah, um, yeah very realistic and uh we were talking you know there's a little bit of controversy when it came out for how realistic some of the injuries and things were yeah. with like cannonballs and yeah. people getting shot and stabbed and, and and now like we would like i don't even bat an eye at it because yeah. so many so many other things today are significantly more yeah. violent but it was like a, a realistic depiction of war the score is particularly beautiful. Um, it's a John Williams oh, well, uh, yeah. score. The um, man does good work. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just this beautiful, like, sweeping sound. I, I, I really enjoyed listening to the score for that film. I remember mostly wanting to watch it in high school because Heath Ledger was in it, and he's hot. So <laughs> That's <laughs> wonderful. That was high school Ashley's motivation for watching The Patriot. Uh, but uh, it, is, it is a good movie. Also, a, a friend of mine from high school, if I remember correctly, her um, mom actually worked on the set for that film, so she got to be an extra. So it was kind of like a big deal in my high school because we knew somebody that was in it, even though I couldn't tell you where she actually shows up in the film, even though she's apparently in there somewhere. So I just haven't, I haven't figured out where. But. All right, we got two more. You look so... Um... You cannot make fun of me. They sent this dress over. I did not pick it out. But I, I cut up the front and I made uh, I made wristbands, though. It looks stupid, doesn't it? No, 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 no. I... I just... I've never seen you. Wow. Finish your sentences. Is, is, that, is that a good wow or a bad wow? Oh, no, no. It's, uh... It's a good wow. It's a really good wow. No. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is 2001's Josie and the Pussycats, directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry L. Font. I have never okay, seen I've never seen that one. Well, you know what? Not a lot I, of people I did, have. Until I actually mentioned it, I didn't even know there was a live-action Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, it's so much fun. So if you <laughs> watch Riverdale, there is an iteration of Josie and the Pussycats on the Riverdale TV show. Uh, but it is uh, that iteration is is a bit different from from this one. So, um, for the uninitiated, Josie and the Pussycats is an Archie comic, and it was also a Hanna-Barbera cartoon in the uh-huh. early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up um, watching the cartoon as a kid because uh, when my, my parents had cable, and uh, we, uh, you know, we, we got Cartoon Network, and Cartoon Network in its early days just ran 
all kinds of Hanna-Barbera animation mm, from the yep. 60s and 70s. Um, and so I love Scooby-Doo. The Scooby-Doo formula was very, very uh, successful for Hanna-Barbera, and mm-hmm. therefore there were like 400,000 other cartoons <laughs> patterned after that. Because it was so that. cheap. It was, yeah. it was so cheap. The, if you listen closely, you will recognize a lot of the same, like, <laughs> the, the scenes where they're running, if it's not a Jesse and the Pussycats song, it's like, da 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 It's like, it's the same. Where they're running in place and the thing is scrolling yes, behind yes, them. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got the scene scrolling in the back. But um, I grew up loving the cartoon. It is, it, it is basically Scooby-Doo with a girl band, and what's not to like about that? So I grew up loving the cartoon. Uh, when I found out there was going to be a Josie and the Pussycats live-action movie, I kind of lost my mind because in the back of my head, I have this secret desire that I really want to be a cartoon character. <laughs> I think a lot of I mean, people who doesn't? Do. I, I mean, I mean, we're we're all kind of animation fans. I don't know that that's particularly normal desire, but I would really love to be in a cartoon. And so, anytime, and I think that's part of the reason now as an adult, I really love cosplay is because I can be a cartoon character if I want <laughs> to. And so, effectively, like having a live-action movie. You know, based on a cartoon was kind of like a cartoon coming to life for me. And so I, I was just really hype about that. I didn't really know any of the actresses in the film except for Rachel Lee Cook. And I only knew who Tara Reid was because she was dating Carson Daly at the time. And I watched, I love music, so I watched, you know, Total Request Live all the time. And you know, that was back in the days when MTV played music. Um, did what now? Yeah, I know. That, Wait, that's music, what they, television, Yeah, the music? M, M stands for music, so... Not Jackass? Uh, no, or or uh, what? What is it? Uh, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. The Teen Pregnancy Show. Oh, sweet. Uh, Sixteen and Pregnant. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So you know, you you actually get to you know listen to music and watch these things called music videos back in the day. Mm. But anyway, um, so Josie and the Pussycats is a misunderstood satire. Um, <laughs> it, it it is a satirization of uh, commercialism. Particularly commercialism directed at youth. Pronounced youths. 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 <laughs> Street youths. <laughs> I need to go back and finish New Girl because whenever I think about young people, I, in my head, think about street youths. And <laughs> anyway. Um, Has anyone seen my driving moccasins? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... So even as... You know, I was 15 when this movie came out. I got to see it in the theater with a couple of my friends... I was so hyped. They did not find it nearly as amusing as I did. But I, so I'm geeking out because I love the cartoon. Uh, also, this is a girl band. I'm a musician. I was, I, I'd been maybe playing guitar for a couple of years at that point, And I had, you know, started learning drums and bass. But uh, the reason this film is on my list was just because of how much it influenced me as a teenager. It helped me with my uh, learning in learning music because I'm predominantly self-taught in all the instruments I play. I never took guitar lessons until I was in college or drum lessons either until I was in college. And so I learned how to um, listen for bass lines in the, because I, I still have the soundtrack. I listened to it on the way over here. I still unironically love all of the music that was made for this film. But uh, that music taught me how to listen for bass lines and drum beats. I found uh, somebody had tabbed out the whole soundtrack online. And so I printed out all the guitar tabs mm-hmm. and I used to be able to play the entire soundtrack from memory on, on electric guitar. That was actually why I asked for electric guitar for my 16th birthday that year. <laughs> it was because I wanted to be able to play power chords and rock. You know. Good and good and. Oh, you know, uh, that heavy. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the whole soundtrack is, it's, it's original, uh, it's original music. There are a couple of, except for the, uh, the couple of covers, they did a cover of, uh, Money, That's What I Want. Also, uh, they, of course, they covered the Josie and the Pussycats theme song from the cartoon. And, oh, and, uh, Wild Child. It's all really fun. But it, it's, um, 
It's it's a sat it's a satire of commercialism. What critics, if you go back and look at reviews for the film, critics did not understand that. Yes, there is tons of product placement in this film, but one, all of the products placed in this film, none of them paid to be in the movie. Hmm. So, yes, this is a movie about product placement and its influence on teen youth culture, but none of the products actually paid to be in there, and that's the joke. Like, this film taught me how to look for visual sight gags. This whole film is a visual sight gag. There's so many so many um, things going on in the background. You've got a girl band, which I was just really loving um, at the time. Also, like just how how it breaks the fourth wall i couldn't find a clip um this is the clip i really wanted to send in but there's um there's a line where uh, alan cumming who plays the uh, the girls um uh, record exec uh contact guy he says but wouldn't you like to watch a cartoon or read a comic or go see a movie about a trio of luscious ladies called josie and the pussycats <laughs> and i'm I lost it in the movie theater <laughs> because my friends did not know this was a cartoon and a comic and I'm just losing my mind because it's breaking the fourth wall. There's another line where um, the band's manager, uh, Alexander, and then his sister, his twin sister, Alexandra, she was always running along with them too. She was kind of like Josie's antagonist. They're on on the plane. They're they're going to the city to record the the album and, and he, he looks at her and he's like, I still don't understand why you're here. <laughs> and it's played by uh, Missy Pyle. Missy Pyle's like, I'm here because I was in the comic book. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. So great. Uh, Misunderstood satire. I think it holds up even more so now just because of how much um, the internet and um, how insidious like all kinds of these product placements and sponsorships and ads and how just invasive they all are now. Hmm. Um, it's e I think it's even more relevant today than it was you know, 19 years ago. As a fan of Hanna Barbera and yeah. you know, fourth wall breaking and satire, I'll definitely have to check. That out. Yeah, yeah. Can't. It is streaming on HBO right now. If anybody wants to watch it, or um... I will not watch anymore. <laughs> uh, let's put it on the movie list. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'll make everybody watch it at some point because it's great. I'm, I'm down. Uh, all right, so we got one more, and uh, Ashley is leading by a single point. All right. Oh snap! So this could be for the win or the tie. The final countdown. All right, here we go. You punched the highlights out of her hair. Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. what it is. Saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it first. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, yeah. Versus the world. Scott Pilgrim, and that is on your list, Nathaniel. It's <laughs> absolutely on my list. <laughs> you guys doing anything fun while you're in town? Fun. fun. In, in Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> That's it! You cocky cock! You'll, You'll pay, pay for your crimes against humanity. Oh, I love this movie so, 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 so much. So it had been recommended to me forever, and I only just recently saw it. Yeah, when, Ryan made you watch yeah, it. Yeah, Ryan came over. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was delightful. Oh, yeah. Well, we watched it a couple weeks ago. Otherwise, I would have totally forgotten the line. You punched the highlights out of her hair. Punched the highlights out of her hair. Uh, everything about that movie is just Michael Sarah is just the perfect... Schlub. He's he's mm -hmm. great. Uh, I love him so much. And what's really funny is, so there's a band. I might have mentioned this. There's a band called Mr. Heavenly, which is made up of uh, the singer from Man Man and like the guitarist and such keyboardist from Lonely Islands and a couple other people. Mm. And then when they did their first tour, Michael Sarah played the bass. For no. Them. <laughs> <laughs> this was after Scott Pilgrim. That's fantastic. And he does the same little like twerky thing yeah, yeah, motion yeah. that he does in Scott Pilgrim he does that in real life like, he learned to play the bass for that movie right. and then he went on tour with the band and Mr. Heavenly is great that's awesome and 
Oh my gosh. It's just, uh, so I saw this uh, movie at midnight, mm-hmm. and I had sprained my ankle, and so my ankle was uh, in, not a cast, but wrapped up, and I was mm-hmm. on crutches, and you know, just not having a good week, and I went and saw this movie, and now again, I'd only seen the previews where it was like, okay, this guy's fighting seven evil exes, mm-hmm. wh- whatever, I don't know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna go see it, it's got Michael Cera in it. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I just blow it like, this was the best movie ever. And the whole crowd was just getting really into it, just cheering whenever he beat up an evil ex. And, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, mm. that was a fun one. And, and it's one of those movies where it rewards you for subsequent viewings. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on visually and one-liners that go, like, rapid dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and one interesting thing that every single time Scott fights an ex, their number is in the scene all over the place so like uh, when he's fighting Lucas Lee he's got a giant number two on his trailer and when they when they start he's like take two action Mm -hmm. it's it's all over Mm -hmm. and some some of them are subtle some of them aren't what's his name Brandon Ralph's character right the vegan guy yeah 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 Yeah. what's his I can't remember his name I don't remember either but yes the vegan (laughs) Uh, guy He's wearing a giant three on his shirt. Right, I did so, notice that. Yeah, so so some of them are really obvious and some of them are a lot more subtle. And the fact that Scott is a zero, he's always drinking Coke Zero. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of numerical stuff. See, all of this makes me know that you would love Josie and the Pussycats yeah. for this reason, because yeah. it does that there, same kind of thing. There's a lot of overt time. stuff, there's a lot of subtle stuff. I also love the fact that at the end of the movie, spoiler, 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 when he fights Nega Scott and they come out and they're chatting, it's like, oh, it's because Scott is a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And so the reverse of him is a really good person. So he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, Nega Scott, yeah, he's just a really great guy <laughs> because I'm a terrible person. Uh, just. Uh, that's fun. And there and there there's some lines where you walk into the bar. They they they, they see. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's when they when they see the Clash of Demonhead play, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Wow!" And Young Neil just goes, "Yeah, they're much better live. You should really see them live." <laughs> and then when he walks into the the Chaos Theater and Como's there, and he just says, uh, "Yeah, but their first album is not as good as their first album." And then the first time you see Koa, he's saying, yeah, I told him, you have a really great sound. I think you should market your sound to mm-hmm. deaf people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Komo, you know everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not really. You know Girl Hill? He goes, yes, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that movie. And you have so, so many much. people in that film that became a big deal, like a few yeah. years later. Yeah. Like uh, Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick and... Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Chris yeah. Evans. Oh, it was, it was kind of big then too. Yeah, I mean, Ralph. That, that was that was pre um, Captain I mean, America. It's a comic yeah. book movie, so he was down for it. Yeah, it oh, really yeah. is. Yeah. And and what's funny is the the, the graphic novels are great. I say I I, I need to put them on. They do anyways. take a bit of a divergence, mm-hmm. but they capture the essence of the story, which the essence is Scott's not a great guy. Right. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. kind of capture that in the essence of, of the mm-hmm. of of all the, the exes he fights. Right. And it's just I love it. It's yeah. so good. It's that, so 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 good. Yeah, that it was that was that was a really fun fun movie. Um, and Wallace again, and the fact that everything's basically set up like a video game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah you've got all these visual cues, and that they got the license for the Zelda music. Like nobody gets yeah. Zelda music licensed, but they're playing Great Fairy Fountain in all the dream sequences. And yeah. and and Young Neil's like legitimately playing Zelda. On People like DS, analyzed right? it. We're like, he's playing the DS. There's no cartridge in the DS, but there's a Game Boy game in the DS. Mm-hmm. So he's playing mm-hmm. Link to the Past. That's really fun. <laughs> so the, it's there's a lot of really small touches. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, it's not just going to be Nye's wearing the Sex Bomb shirts. It'll be the cool kids too. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, 
I love that movie so, so, so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, talking about actors learning how to play instruments, all the actresses uh, in Josie the Biscuit, Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, Tara Reid, they all actually learned how to play their instruments for the movie. Hmm. And they sing background on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, they got Kay uh, Handley, uh, who was the lead singer of Letters to Cleo, to do Josie's vocals. Yeah. But um, it's that same kind of principle. Yeah. Uh, it just tells me you would love Josie and the Pussycats. I'm, I'm totally down to watch it. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. another thing about Scott Pilgrim is every track is a banger. Yeah. Just. <laughs> it's really, it's really this fun. Called, I am so sad. I am so very, very sad. So sad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so, it's so charming. It's so good. And it, again, it rewards. It's got enough in there that it rewards rewatching it. Right. Which my mom, the first time she saw it, it's like, I didn't really like that. But now, after, you know, because we watch it all the right. time, she's seen it enough. She's like, okay, yeah, I actually like mm -hmm. this movie now. Mm -hmm. But that was it. And uh, I think Ashley won by a single point. So yeah, I think so, because we were, uh, you were one up. Yeah, and then Ashley both 16, got a point on that Jason one. Yeah. 15. Oh, yeah. man. It was it was close, though. It was a close game. I, I, you know, and uh, we've all been friends for several years, but uh, I didn't know that some of these movies were on y'all's list. So, I mean, mm -hmm. just tells you, you can learn something new about your bros every day. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I learned that Greg likes a lot of movies that I've never seen. Three of Greg's five movies I've never seen. As I, I, I yes, Greg's type is Christopher Nolan. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Christopher Nolan or M. Night Shyamalan. And, uh, Christopher Nolan and M. Night. We got two Mel Gibsons. We yeah. got an M. Night Shyamalan. We got a Tom Cruise. And we got two, we got two Nolans. Man, man in Light. That, that was... Man, man, that person in Light. Person in Light. Person in Light. Monster in Shadow. Person, person in, in Light. light. <laughs> I don't know. Could you... I, Okay, so my so say, so do you have a type based? Do on... Do I have a type? Zootopia, Remember the Titans, Princess Bride, Scott Pilgrim, Court Jester. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy. In I there. think I think my type guy. is clever dialogue. Yeah, clever dialogue and clever visuals. Mm, mm -hmm. um, I like animation and superheroes. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think it's I got pretty, that. Sounds like pretty well. Yeah, I, say, yeah. I guess I guess of of the four of us, I've got the most diverse list. But two of mine are Monster and Shadow. They're all kind of fun cinematography. Josie and the Pussycats kind of breaks uh, breaks the mold the mold a little bit, but it, it's comedy satire. And I I really I put that one on my list just because of hey I had the how oldest movie, me. so I would yeah. yeah. Yeah, or Jester, fifty six. Oh. oh wait, what 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 year was Sleeping Beauty? You might have very it. close. It's fifty nine. Oh yeah, ah, okay. I, I, I win. Let's go. Late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, it was it was that was pretty close though. That yeah. was pretty close. Yeah. All right, so this has run the longest. I feel like we're getting we're I running like... longer every single. It didn't feel as long. Yeah. See, before this, we were like, this is this is going to be a short episode. I think we can oh, wrap please. this up. Quickly. I knew this wasn't. Oh, you no, said no, that. No, I knew this was going to go. Twenty movies. Twenty movies. And there only only like there was only like one overlap. Yeah, I was surprised there was only one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was I was surprised by that as well. So I, I was trying to get some of my siblings to come on to fill the fourth fourth seat, and they would have had overlap with me. Oh yeah, but yeah. <sighs> oh well. So that is uh, that is the end of our show. So why don't you uh, drop us a line, dearlydebated at gmail .com or at dearlydebated. Tell us what are your top five movies, and maybe just include a line on one thing you love about it um hey if you want to write an essay on it oh yeah that's great but you i like probably essays. won't yeah, read that but hey if you if you just want to drop a top five and why you love them or if you hated one of the movies we picked and you hate that movie you know let us know that as well uh you're wrong but you're entitled <laughs> to your opinion uh you uh, that's obviously where you can find the show you can find me at holy golem jason where can people find you, you can find me at comic ex comic exile or comic exile.com Ashley. Uh, all right. A few different places you can find me. You can uh, follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerdy blogger. You can tweet me at the nerdy blogger. You can read my uh, 
work on fangirlish.com. Uh, I also write under the Nerdy Blogger there. I have a column that comes out every Wednesday called Way Back Wednesday, where I review one retro film each week. Also, you can read my blog at nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. For all of us here at Dealing Debated, goodbye. Bye. See you real soon. Goodbye. Have fun storming the castle. You think <laughs> they'll make it? It would take a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.